I'm Jeremy Greer. There'll be peace when you are done. I'm Chris Mosier. Lay your weary head to rest. I'm Batman. Don't you cry no more. And this is Monster of the Week a podcast covering the TV show Supernatural and I'm stumbling over my words because I always get that wrong and I'm always second guessing myself as I'm saying yeah, it. Yeah, no, I so feel like you kind of nailed it this time. <laughs> I think I did, which makes me feel even weirder about talking about it. You're overthinking it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking it too much. We're here to talk about three more episodes in season three of Supernatural. Chris, how are you today? How's things? I'm doing great. I just want you to believe in yourself and I want I Dude. want you to know that I, I believe in you. Thank you very much. Um, that's that's very nice. I do not believe in you at all. I'm convinced that you're a figment of my imagination that I'm podcasting yeah, by are, myself. So, yeah, no question. No, there's actually no evidence that you exist outside my imagination whatsoever. Like I haven't been able to find any. So, yeah, you don't need to bring that up to everybody else, though. <laughs> it's, you're just a uh, like a mental conglomeration of myself feeling old, right? Like you're just my guilt. You're just my shame. Yeah, at getting older. just like why is this dude just recording a podcast, like laughing at stuff we can't hear? <laughs> or it's even weirder, and you're recording my voice too, and you don't realize you're doing it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm going back in and dubbing my uh, my northeastern accent on top of this because I can do accents. You're going so in well. and dubbing in a dude who says, "What am I supposed to go dark side or something?" Like all yeah. the time. I have that one. I have like a macro for that, so I can just put that in anytime because <laughs> you say it so much. Anyway, um, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you everybody for continuing to keep up with the show. We very much appreciate it. Uh, if you have some spare time, please go review the podcast on iTunes. It makes us feel feel way way cool, and also it helps get visibility to the show. I don't know if you guys know this, but there's a lot of supernatural podcasts out there, and I feel very strongly that we're the best one. Not saying that they're bad, just that we're the best. So if we could right. if we could get bumped up on that list in between like the podcast about actual supernatural events and you know the BuzzFeed show about supernatural the TV show like I'd I'd like to see us up there somewhere right that would be a dream come true agreed um why don't you catch us up on the road so far Chris I'd hecking love to <laughs> road so far okay Dean has sold his soul to a demon in an ex- in exchange for bringing Sam from back from the dead Sam is furious of course and wants to break him out of the deal so decides to date a demon girl in exchange for something I don't know Sam is being a dummy and Dean is being awesome. Yeah, I'm really glad how much uh, to see how much preparation you put into the road so far, but I also can't really blame you for it because I didn't do anything. <laughs> well, these, these are all from Autumn. So, like, I don't know if you remember, but f- starting from season oh. three, Autumn is writing all of the stuff for us now. So, because we. Oh, friend uh, of the show, Autumn? Fr- friend of the show, Autumn Greer. So, thank you, Autumn, for those summaries. Um, uh, yeah, thank you so much. I'm going to make that joke a couple of times, and um, she's actually going to start writing it. I can guarantee that's going to happen at some point. <laughs> she's going to be like, I don't know what you're writing and accusing me of, but I want to do this if, for yeah, real. That would be incredible. <laughs> we've got, um, I think we've got some okay episodes today. Like the first episode yeah. we're going to talk about, Bad Day at Black Rock, may be my favorite episode like so far. Um, like it's There's a, been some good episodes, episode. but this is one of the best times we we get to see sam act kind of in a comedic fashion we get to see him do some like full physical acting and things which i really really love to see and uh it's it's so goofy and dumb that i just i don't know man i just i just love it yeah i i have seen the these group of episodes you know a million times at this point but 
Bad Day at Black Rock still managed to surprise the hell out of me at how much I was laughing at it. Like, I'd be, like, looking at my phone, taking a note, and then I'd just be chuckling to myself, just, like, <laughs> thinking about the scene I just watched. I'm like, God, I'm such a nerd. What is happening to me? Yeah, I can't help but start chuckling. Like, anytime I talk about the show, like, I, th- I talk about this episode, I think about it, like, a certain scene or something from the show or something somebody said, and I just start chuckling out loud. Yeah. It's so goofy and dumb, and it plays with the kind of the cosmology of the world a little bit in a way that I, mm-hmm. I very, very much dig. Um, unfortunately, the two episodes following it aren't as great. Uh, Sin City is is pretty okay, I think. Yeah, it's it, a decent it's, enough episode. Yeah, it's it's more... I feel like this like Sin City is going to... tries really hard to be titillating. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that's probably the most per capita of chicks wearing shirts that stop at their midriff in any episode that we've yeah. seen so far. And, uh, and they're really reaching for that one. I don't know why. I feel like every couple episodes they just try to reaffirm the boys' heterosexuality because they're afraid of damaging it. It was 2007, so things yeah. were you know, so feminism didn't exist, was right? a lot more fragile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. As Chris has made made sure that everybody understands. Um, <laughs> and then finally, we're going to be covering bedtime stories, which is. Uh, kind of a downer to to end on. I think I, I don't think we're going to be talking about it a whole lot, but it has some just real dumb shit about it. And I, yeah, I don't. I, I feel like it's not a bad episode. I just don't necessarily like it that much. Um, but we I always end up liking the shit after we talk about it. So let's just get there. Let's get into it. Let's let's get right into it. Uh, just a reminder for the people at home: if you want to keep up with the episodes, you can go to monsteroftheweek.cool/schedule, and you'll see what dates the podcast is going to come on come out on and then what episodes we're covering on each episode of the podcast. So you can watch along with this. I know I'm trying to keep pace with the show. It's very, very hard not to binge on all of these. I don't know about you, Chris. Like when you finish an episode of supernatural, don't you just automatically want to watch the next episode of supernatural? I mean, that's how I've always done it. So it's like, it's weird to be doing it or not doing it now. This is like water torture or something. Like there's just a drip in the background. It's 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 exactly like that. I'm not watching. (laughs) Uh, this is the first episode we recorded after our season two feedback episode. Um, so if we didn't mention some stuff in the first episode of season three, then that's, that's the reason why. But I just also wanted to say thank you for everybody that wrote in with extremely funny jokes and oh, responses yeah. for, from it for us. That was, it was a great time. And thanks again to wrench, AKA Joanna for, for joining us. I don't know if we're the best supernatural podcast, but we definitely have, the best listeners 100% like I don't know what everybody else's Twitter looks like but our Twitter is fucking great (laughs) I can look at that thing like 10 times a day and there's something new and funny happening that had nothing to do with anything that we posted so (laughs) you guys are awesome and it makes every makes doing this so much more fun oh I love it it. yeah absolutely well why don't you uh I'll, I'll do this one um so Season three, episode three, Bad Day at Black Rock. Writer was Ben Edlund, director Robert Singer. Air date was October 18th, 2007. Sam and Dean come into possession of a rabbit's foot that belonged to their dad. But it's not necessarily good luck because it's his lost. Death follows within a week. <laughs> this is... <laughs> These... Is that is that ever stipulated within the the show that death falls? It probably is. You know what? I'm not going to pick it apart. But going into the episode without that knowledge makes everything that unfolds so much better. Oh yeah. And I don't. I think that the modern viewer, especially, um, would be going into this episode without um, any idea what it's going to be. If you're watching it live, you know, in 2008 or 2007, you're going to see maybe the week before a preview for this or commercials for it during the week. Uh, or if you're going on the DVDs, maybe you're just looking at it, you know, and reading 
the episode synopses. I don't know why. That's kind of a weird thing to do. Sorry. Uh, but watching hey, it on Netflix. Don't and just, yeah, <laughs> but just like stumbling into the events of this episode, thinking like, oh shit, Sam's got really good luck now. Oh shit. Now he's got really bad luck. It's just such a fantastic arc to just like be along for the ride for. As somebody who was keeping up with the series as it was airing, but not necessarily did not necessarily have a cable subscription, so I never saw like the pre I never saw previews mm-hmm. unless whatever place I downloaded them from actually like put it on the end of that week's episode or whatever, which was very rare. Uh, it was always fun just booting up some supernatural and just getting into some shit. So yeah. um, as as we've mentioned before, like the previously on segments would kind of fill you in on exactly what was going to happen in that episode. So in this previously on segment in the road so far, we get just a ton of Gordon. Gordon B. Lurkin yeah. is back. So we, we know Gordon he's going to show up at some point. Yeah. Um, I've said it before. I'll say I love Gordon as a villain. Uh, I think he just brings a lot of intensity to the show in like a cool way. He's such a great foil for the boys because he's such a, just a pissed off dude who totally thinks that he's the good guy. 100%. Yeah. And the further that he gets with the, with the Winchesters in his interactions, just the more and more hell bent he gets on taking them down. And you can see (laughs) that on his face when they show him. (laughs) Uh, For those listeners out there that may not remember Gordon, was a uh, vampire hunter by trade who uh, has run into the boys several times before. Most recently, he tried to he kidnapped Dean with the intention of killing Sam after finding out that Sam has demon blood. And, and unfortunately for Gordon, Sam calls the cops and gets the dude arrested. Yeah. <laughs> so Sam's just, such a fucking snitch. He's such a fucking snitch, man. <laughs> Like just kill the dude. Like what yeah. are you holding out against? <laughs> we want you to go dark side or something, Sam. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Hey, let's say well new resurrected Sam would probably pull that trig. That's all I know. A hundred percent, yeah. Uh so our cold open is Gordon in prison and he's got a new buddy, uh, which is going to be uh Kubrick. Mm-hmm. And he wants Kubrick to Kubrick is kind of filling in uh Gordon on everything that happened at the end of season two. So this yeah. devil's gate that the d- gate to hell that opened all these demons, demons escaped. And, uh, Gordon immediately is like, yeah, let me guess. Sam and Dean Winchester were right there in the middle of it. And yeah, we're going to have to, we're, you're going to have to get out there and kill Sam Winchester for yeah, me. He, he, uh, Kubrick is like, no, no, no. You know, rumors, somebody who talks to somebody who talks to somebody, whatever they're saying, you know, th- the Winchesters were there to stop it. Like they, they helped to close the gates back up again. And, uh, Gordon's like, no, 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 no. You know, everybody has different information just because, you know, Bobby's contacts aren't as good as they used to be, something like that. He's like, don't believe the talk. I was right about, you know, the coming demon war or whatever, and I'm right about Sam Winchester. So our stinger right on the end of the uh, cold open is just Sam Winchester must die. And then Gordon hangs up the prison phone, just slams to black, and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Sam Winchester must die. Uh, that's that's really fun. The boys have a good reputation for the most part out there, but to then be, you know, if word starts getting around that the boys are responsible for opening those gates to hell, like they're going to be in some serious trouble. You know, we've already seen what it's like to have somebody like Gordon, just a single hunter, uh, you know, on your trail. Like, he got the better of Sam and Dean. Uh, if it weren't for Sam's psychic powers or for Ava's psychic powers, they would have been in a lot more trouble. So having knowing that he's like basically like setting loose uh, several other uh, other hunters on the Winchester's trail, you just you know you know you're in trouble. 
And at this point of the show, I really, really enjoy it when I see other hunters. Like getting to know mm-hmm. another hunter figure in this universe has always been a lot of fun. And they surprisingly they don't do it a lot. They're they're pretty conservative when they introduce hurt hunters. I think at the beginning of the series they're a lot looser with it. So we see, for example, Kubrick and this other guy that we're gonna have come into and come into that's going to come into play here in just a bit. But I always like seeing this. It expands the universe for me, right? Like it's yeah. just fun to, to to see these guys. Um we get back to the main part of the show and Sam and Dean are arguing about Ruby and mm-hmm. Sam is trying to convince Dean that doing anything with Ruby is a good idea. And just like we mentioned <laughs> in the last episode, he's wrong. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. just 100% wrong. Right. Yeah. This is, um, uh, we're also seeing, we're starting to see a different side of Sam where he's saying, you know, I'm not talking about trusting her. I'm talking about using her. And Sam Winchester would never really use another person in season one. Even if they were a demon, even if they were evil, he would never use somebody as a means to an end. He's just not that type of person. But now you see him willing to work with a demon for whatever reason so that he can, you know, get something out of her. And it's just like, it's just this weird turn. You know, we're seeing all these weird things with Sam, right? When he came back at the end of season two, um, and he killed what's his name? Uh, he killed the other psychic guy, <laughs> um, Isaiah. Maybe I don't know. Doesn't matter. Or just yeah. doesn't matter. He killed that guy, and it was like really brutal, and it was not very Sam Winchester of him. We're and not he's supernatural just, you know, scholars, Chris. We're supernatural entertainers. Okay, that's right. That's right. <laughs> we can't be expected to remember everything. <laughs> um. Oh yeah. So now and now we see Sam suddenly willing to not only work with a demon, but like he just didn't kill Ruby. Like the second that she revealed herself or didn't try to like get away from her, or like throw holy water on her. He's been like, pretty, he's been pretty understanding of her so far. Really willing to give her a chance, I guess. Cause she has that demon knife. But anyway, it's just, we're starting to see a different side of Sam that I think makes him a lot less angsty and a lot more interesting, if not any more likable. Yeah. It's, it's, they're doing more with this character, which is always a good thing, but he's still mm-hmm. making terrible ideas. So, or terrible decisions, excuse me. Uh, th- that's better for me. I, I much want, I much more want Sam to have some agency and do some terrible, like have some terrible decision making than I do just want him to whine at you know Dean all day. Like that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, so even though I don't like Sam, still I'm still hashtag Team Dean. I'm, I'm very much <laughs> into what Sam is doing as a character here. Yeah. Um, in the midst of this argument, the, a cell phone goes off, and I'm just going to name this phone Plot Phone because that's exactly what it is. <laughs> like, why, Dean has decided that he just keeps his dad's cell phone charged up in the glove compartment of the Impala, which doesn't seem <laughs> sure. Okay, Dean. <laughs> yeah, and uh, there's a there's a report of a break in at I guess their dad owned a storage building. So, yeah, they found out yeah. about. It. Sam's <laughs> so like, give me the address, please, for the storage unit that I'm pretending that I own because I don't know where it is. Yeah, I don't have any paperwork in front of me. Could you give me the address to this property that I own? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, don't call the police. Yeah, don't don't call the police. We'll be there directly. Um, we're gonna go back and forth. This episode kind of goes all over the place for for yeah. a 45 minute episode. They they cram a lot of of details into it. So. They sure do. We're gonna we're gonna have several moving parts to this. Um, one of which is Kubrick, who is the the guy at the front who talked to Gordon. Gordon has kind of assigned him the task of tracking down Sam Winchester. Creed, uh, excuse me, Kubrick has you know drafted his buddy Creedy into this. Um, Kubrick and Creedy are in an RV, and Kubrick has just filled it with Jesus imagery, <laughs> like yeah. statues 
posters, black velvet, glow in the dark bullshit. Like it's all crazy. Yeah, he's and, Big J's number one fan. You can he's see Big J's number one fan, and it's it's interesting because we haven't really seen a hunter with that kind of belief, but you would yeah. expect it more, right? Like an actual demon hunter who's like, Yeah, I believe in God and I use the power of God to or, or you know, in the name of God I'm smiting demons from the earth. It's like that's kind of your typical you would think like that's your atypical version of what a demon hunter would be, somebody who who's doing it in the name of God. But like this is really the first person we've seen it. I think because this world of supernatural is so much grittier and so much dirtier and it's always these broken, angry men who don't have a belief in something, you know, higher. It's most people become a hunter not because they're uh you know, they got fired from their job. It's usually because something really terrible happened to them. So, <laughs> so we're introduced to those characters and then we go back to Sam and Dean, um, who have arrived at the storage facility and are breaking into it. And they, it's just a storage facility filled with their dad's like old stuff that they had no mm-hmm. idea about. There's weapons everywhere. Sam finds his soccer trophy. Dean finds his first sawed off shotgun, which is- yeah, which I think paints a, like a good picture of who they were when they were children, where back then Sam was always trying to be the normal kid. So when they would stop long enough in an area for him to go to school, he wanted to join the soccer team. Meanwhile, yep. Dean was always wanting to be, you know, John Jr. So he's, you know, making his own sawed off shotgun in sixth grade. Or I love that. Like, do you think he took it to shot class? Like, or whatever? Yeah. Like that has They're to like, be- whoa, 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 buddy. Hey, <laughs> Where'd you get that? There's also this. What? It's like, not loaded. He uh, he also like looks at it and kind of like cocks it, and, like looks through it, and is like, "Fuck yeah, take this with me," and like takes it with him. And I think this is a sawed-off shotgun. We're going to see a lot. Like I think this is a prop we're going to end up seeing a lot throughout the series, which is kind of fun. Like I like that yeah. they do that. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Sam looks around, and uh, as we've seen in the past, Sam is very good with symbols. He can identify that there is a symbol yeah. that he knows about. So he. You know, he uses that ability now and identifies these series of curse it's boxes. Hunter Vision. He's hold L two for Hunter Vision. Yeah. Um, God damn, I want to. I want to. I really want a supernatural video game. Please, somebody. Our friend Eric, uh, who is Z Chocobo on Twitter, keeps talking about a like a Witcher three mod, but except it's just the boys tracking down monsters instead of Ger- Geralt. Geralt. I don't know how you I say. It could just be. It's Geralt. All right, Jeremy. Geralt, Geralt of okay. Rivia. Uh, Geralt of River. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I just can't deal with you. If you're not going to get the lore right. (laughs) I'm sorry. Don't say anything at all. (laughs) I'm sorry. So, uh, Geralt of what? Anyway. (laughs) So there's these these curse boxes, uh, which Sam identifies as like, oh yeah, this is where you would put powerful magical objects, which like they're introducing so much to the lore here that they're going to f- completely forget about for like six seasons. Like this will be yeah, the like, only time just, that curse boxes and magical objects pop up for a long time. It's just such a lore dump that like, honestly we can't even deal with this right now. <laughs> it's too much. It's just too much. Uh, if you like this kind of stuff, go lo- go watch warehouse 13, which is what they deal with throughout the entirety of that series. Anyway, <laughs> Uh, of course, one of the curse boxes is missing, and we do a smash cut to. I, I didn't get these dudes' name in my notes. I just refer to them as Idiot One and Idiot Two. That sounds uh, fair. But they have they have stolen this curse box and are trying to break into it. And uh, <laughs> I, I I like these two guys a lot. I think they do a great job. Like all of this is where the the comedy is going to start, and it's yeah. it's just so good. Um, it's just these two petty thieves who like have no idea what they've just gotten themselves wrapped up in wrapped up in. And you know the one guy he he took the the shotgun blast from uh, 
from John's trap that he set up in there. Yeah, of course, you know, John has a shotgun and- trap set up in his fucking <laughs> storage facility because he's an irresponsible-ass motherfucker. <laughs> a five-year-old could have wandered into that. <laughs> Jesus Christ, John. Come on, John. This these down-on-their-luck criminals who are just like, you can't help but feel bad for them. Like, they're the comedy version of criminals. And you, you don't you don't ever feel threatened by them. Even when they're trying to be threatening later on, you're still like, okay, guys. <laughs> like, you feel like the worst they're going to do is bonk you on the head. They they succeed in opening it though, and that's where we find the uh, the rabbit's foot, which was mentioned in the in the description of the episode. As soon as yeah. he touches the rabbit's foot, there's a knock on the door, and lo and behold, it's their landlord who, you know, is asking them to keep it down. But he sees this guy being shot, and he's like, "Well, you know, I was a medic in Vietnam, so let me just help you out with all of my supplies." Yeah, just patches <laughs> him up, no no problem, and it's a turn of good luck. And that's the thing with the with the rabbit's foot. He opens it up, and he's just like, "We just risked our lives for this. Like, I just got shot. I might die from this." And it was just for this stupid rabbit's foot. And we learned that they, they did it for a couple hundred bucks. Like these, these two guys were hired by somebody else to break into that storage facility. They're basically just middlemen. They don't really know what they're after. They're just, they know somebody was paying them to do this. So they went for it. Exactly. Uh, and after he touches this rabbit's foot and after he gets kind of doctored up by the the landlord, uh, they start playing poker together and he just wins over and over and over again. He just, cannot stop winning at poker so he realizes like oh i bet this is a lucky rabbit's foot like i i should we should take this like we should go to the casino like i should go win <laughs> fortunately sam and dean bust in they've tracked these dudes down through you know again hunter vision right so i don't, I don't know they don't really, i think yeah. there was some like the, their license plate was on something they did oh, they that, did yeah, what they yeah, always yeah, do yeah, yeah. <laughs> they Unimportant. plot their way over there <laughs> <laughs> they plot their way over there i like that um they bust in and I want to say somebody shoots. I want to say it was one of the boys shoots and then, or maybe it was one of the idiots and uh, like the gun starts ricocheting all over the place and causes this weird series of events, which totally disables Sam and Dean. And we don't often say this, like it's tough to describe the action here because like, it's just, it's, it's slapstick. Like this bullet is ricocheting all over the place and like knocks the gun out of Sam's hand. It hits a rug and causes Dean to trip. Like those aren't actual examples, but like that's, that's, it's that kind of stuff, so it's tough to describe. Go it's just watch complete this episode. Clownish chaos. <laughs> if you're listening to this episode of this of this podcast, like go watch this one episode because it's fucking great. Like you'll have you'll yeah. be you'll be chuckling throughout. Um <laughs> at just some point these like serious looking hunks fall on their ass and like they play it so well. Like these guys are so good at doing comedy, this physical comedy especially is they just nail it. It's really fun. Like this, this stuff is is just great. The idiots are really good at this. Um, at some point, one of them falls, and Sam gets to grab the rabbit's foot, and then mm-hmm. the guy, like one of the idiots, points his gun at him, and the gum just completely jams. So all of a sudden, Sam has all of the good luck, and then uh, <laughs> they just they just leave, right? Yeah, it's like okay, we got what we came for. Uh, yeah. See you guys later. Uh, Dean and Sam realize what's going on. Dean quicker than anybody. And Dean's like immediately goes and buys 40 or 50 lottery tickets and starts, yeah. starts scratching them off, which good job, Dean, you probably need a good clean source of money after, uh, you know, Herbert Houdini or whatever the fuck from your credit card last, last episode. Yeah. <laughs> the one that he just tried to give away. But she got to give away a credit card. <laughs> Siegfried Houdini. That's what it was. Siegfried Houdini. Yeah. <laughs> what an idiot. <laughs> There's this this episode is full of really small details too. Like, for example, they're, they're walking out and Sam just looks down and is like, "Oh, there is a gold watch on the ground." 
Okay. Yeah, found the gold watch. <laughs> and just like him, like mouthing, like dude. And Dean's like, nice. He just mouths the word nice because meanwhile, Sam's on the phone with Bobby saying, who's saying, don't touch it. Whatever you do, don't touch the rabbit's foot because it's it's cursed. You get good luck. And then as soon as you lose it, you get bad luck. Really and bad say, luck. And Sam I, love, well. uh, <laughs> I love one of the one of the boys says like, oh, you know, we're not going to lose it. And Bobby says, you idiot. You're, everybody loses it. That's the point. <laughs> sure enough. <laughs> <laughs> but so they so they what they take they, they they've got their good luck running still so they go into this restaurant this whatever local chain restaurant whatever it is and it just so happens that they're the what like one thousands, millionth guest yeah, yeah something like that and so <laughs> they get handed like a giant check just like you would see just like in some stupid like game show or something this giant check streamers and balloons go everywhere and this the picture they take a picture for like the website or whatever of Sam and Dean, and it's just the best picture. That might have to be the podcast art for this episode. I have it's it. Just, I have it noted. It's at eighteen minutes twenty five seconds, so I could take a screenshot. It's later, Dean, so. I think, smiling because <laughs> like, he's like, "Oh hell yeah, this is great!" And Sam just making his like, "Oh no, face." Yeah, it's like, "What did I just do, face?" <laughs> In between all of this, uh, they go back to the idiots who have lost the uh, the the rabbit's foot, and there's an extended scene of idiot number two who had actually touched the rabbit's foot, like almost falling, almost killing himself before he finds. Finally, just ends up, I think, falling on a on a knife or something and cutting his throat. Like it's the most extremely unlikely set of events to to kill somebody, but you know that's what the rabbit foot does, right? And that's also like, as gruesome as it is and as terrible as it is. It's super funny, like the yeah. whole time they build it up as like this very tense thing. Like the vi- like the the high violins are like, Yee. but it's just hilarious to me that this dude is tripping his way to his death. <laughs> yeah, they poor guy. So uh, they sit down and they're ordering food when a, a very attractive waitress comes up, accidentally pours coffee onto Dean onto Sam, and uh, is kind of like patting his crotch to clean it. And Dean is like doing that weird big brother thing of like, yeah, yeah. What's funny um, about this is how even Sam is like, oh my god, because he's always kind of like you know shrinking away from like the hot chicks and being like, no, I can't. You know, he's too awkward. He's the awkward little brother. He can't even like think about it. Um, but this time he like him and Dean they both like look at her when she walks away and he's like oh my god I think he says if, dude if there was ever a time that you were gonna get lucky <laughs> yeah this is gonna be it <laughs> unfortunately they, they, uh, yeah the show actually plays it really well because if you're just going along with things thinking because you we've never seen this character before uh, I had never seen this actress before so the first time watching this I'm just like okay so this you know this hot chick is just hitting on Sam because he has the rabbit's foot. And, you know, eventually it's going to turn bad, blah, blah, blah. But then, you know, I didn't realize that it was totally going to be her, even though they make it really obvious that she's going to do something. But then suddenly she just walks out with it. Yeah, she has, she has pickpocketed Sam and grabbed the rabbit's foot, um, notably not touching it with her bare hands. Like she's grabbed it with a glove or something. So she mm-hmm. hasn't actually touched it, but she's definitely taken it off of him. And this sets off a string of events with Sam that is some of Jared Padalecki's finest finest acting the, that we've seen. It's the best. The writing here is great. He's immediately the most unlucky dude that you have ever seen in your in your life. And I'll I think when they're running out of the restaurant, of he just falls and just eats shit. He, he like falls, rips his jeans. He rips his jeans. Both of his jeans are like both of the knees of his jeans are ripped. He's bleeding from the knees. Um, he steps into gum. As uh, as as Dean is on the phone with Bobby explaining the situation, of course Bobby is you know you fucking idi- no, not you fucking idiots, but he's saying you idiots, what have you done? <laughs> In the background, Sam is actively trying to get this gum off his shoe by scraping it. This is great, and then his shoe comes off and gets lost in the sewer. 
<laughs> and then, and then Dean, Tumblr's, Tumblr's favorite screenshot is just Sam dejectedly saying, I lost my I shoe. I lost my shoe. <laughs> this is so good. It's so like, we're laughing so much at this. And if somebody hasn't seen the episode, they're listening to this. They're going to be like, all right, guys, get it together. Yeah. I'm not sure that we're doing the, the episode justice. Like, but I don't know, besides describing literally every physical action that occurs, I'm not sure how we could get through with it on a, on a regular basis, but like, it's just so good to see this side. Oh man. It's so much the fun. show and the actors and everything. It's just, it just goes to show what the strength of the writing. We had somebody write in on our, our feedback episode saying, you know, I like how much they're able to, to vary it, but that makes me worried because they're already varying and having so much fun with it this early on. But I think that they're just really good at doing it because there are, especially the second half of the episode, they're able to do a lot more fun stuff with this and we'll get into it. Mm-hmm. Um, that isn't just pure slapstick comedy all the way through because that would probably get old. Um, but they still, they just managed to get the tone right while still they, and you have the laughs and you still, you get some you know fun action scenes too. And meanwhile, uh, Kubrick and his buddy Creedy are still trying to track down Sam and Dean. When uh, Creedy says, "Hey, let's, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna find him on an empty stomach. Like, let's let's go find something to eat." And the guys and <laughs> Kubrick is like, "Well, I've got like Vienna sausages." He's like, "No, no, no, no. Let's go to our actual restaurant. Like, I know a place. It's local. It's good food. Let me pull up the menu for you." And of course, you know, Sam has lost the rabbit's foot, and he's really unlucky. So he pulls up the menu for the restaurant, and there's Sam and Dean's smiling face. Yeah. <laughs> And the most notable thing here is that they see it. Uh, Creedy is like, oh, yeah, that, that happened. But Kubrick is definitely like, oh, my God, this is sent to me from God. Like, Jesus yeah. gave me this miracle. So now we're going to go find them. He seems like just like um, a believer in God at first, like just a, mm-hmm. like a religious dude who's also a hunter, hunts demons, whatever. And then he goes on full on into like the definition of a Jesus freak. Like he starts thinking less rationally because he thinks like, oh, this this is a sign from God. God is speaking to me. You know, goes into that like cult leaders type status like very immediately. Where as you know, up until now, I feel like he was just a pretty normal guy. I mean, there was like a preponderance of Jesus pictures in this dude's RV. Well, yeah, I think true. that's a sign. Like, I don't, that's I know a lot true. of, I know a lot of like just pretty straight Christians, and like they're just normal Christians. They're not like weird Christians or anything. And like none of them have RVs full of Jesus art. <laughs> it's funny that you got you know you have John Winchester with his truck, the boys with their Impala, and then you got this guy with his. uh this hunter vehicle being an RV full of Jesus pictures, you know, you know, Gordon had his like Corvette or whatever it was. Like, it was an El Camino. These- Excuse yeah, me. Okay, it was an El Camino. Right. They've all got these different cool cars. And then this dude just, he has his RV full of Jesus pics. And that's very representative of who he is as a person. If you think about it though, Sam and Dean really should have an RV or at least at the very least a camper, because why are they spending so much money on hotel rooms and leaving this trail? Like they could just be parking anywhere. Yeah. Wow. I think they're anyway. just used to it. They just love Dean loves those fucking vibrant reds, man. He loves those. He's oh man, does he? He uses um, one in one of these episodes. <laughs> yeah, we we do come back to the vibrating bed in one of these episodes. I'd forgotten about that. Uh, while while Sam is losing his shoe and Dean is talking to Bobby, Bobby has figured out a way to break the curse. Uh, but when they they tell him, oh hey, like this chick stole this from me, he's like, oh I bet that's Bella because Bobby has the. Like his instincts for all of this stuff, he just intuits all of this stuff out, right? Like he's like, "Oh yeah, I knew that. That's Bella. That's she steals stuff. She's in the yeah. she steals all these things supernatural and just sells them." Da 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 da. And then um, <laughs> she was using the alias Bella Lugosi. Bella Lugosi, yeah, great. Is that the uh, dude who played uh, Dracula in the old movies? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was, a, that was that was your time, right? Yeah, that was when it around when I was kicking. Yeah, me and Bella <laughs> used to hang out a lot, but um, you know, he 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 turned to the darker side, you know. I was still drinking yeah. wine. He was drinking blood. It was it was on a good side. Yeah. Oof. 
uh, Dean ditches Sam and basically like sits him in a chair in the middle of a room and says, don't move, don't breathe. Like don't touch anything. You'll you'll survive. Like don't do anything bad. And then, uh, and he goes after Bella and like, they don't really, they don't really talk about how Dean finds Bella. Like we just see like a skyline of New York city. And then he's just in her apartment. <laughs> like yeah. he just breaks into this chick's, just finds her immediately somehow, which I think I, is, Bobby had her address. Probably. Sure, yeah. probably, probably also had a spare key to her fucking house. <laughs> Bobby has everything. <laughs> oh, that's Bella. Here's a key to her house. Here's her address. If she's not there, she's, she's like, probably at the bakery on second street. <laughs> yeah. Bobby, I'm starting to think he might have a problem. Bobby might be a stalker. Bobby might be a stalker of all hunters, not just like one person, but of all hunters. Uh, we get the scene between Dean and Bella, which is uh, kind of part. It's I like it when they do this with Dean, like when there's a hot chick that you think that Dean is going to be kind of hitting on or whatever, but he's totally disgusted by. Like he is not into this chick at all. Because he really is like shockingly disgusted by her because of her really? behavior. It's it's really interesting. Like it, it it's exactly the opposite of what you would expect, and which it makes it a lot of fun. Like I like when Dean takes the moral high ground in these situations, as he should. Uh, yeah, but she's been he, stealing he, these things. Go ahead. Dean does have like a very high moral code, just because he likes to you know sleep around or party or whatever. That doesn't mean that Dean's a bad guy. Dean really does believe. Like I think he says something along the lines. I wrote it down um, about how you know you find out what's out there. Uh, oh yeah, you know the the truth about what's really going on out there, and this is what you choose to do with it. Meaning, like she just steals fancy artifacts. But I actually really like her response to that. Um, she, oh, I wrote it down somewhere again. Hold on, give me. Oh yeah, she says. Um, she says a bunch of obsessed, revenge-driven sociopaths trying to save a world that can't be saved. That's her opinion of hunters. And Dean's like, yeah, all right, okay, that's fair enough. Yes, but I do like that. With at least that statement, because otherwise she's just a deplorable, awful person, Just and there's no redeeming her. If she's just like, yeah, I know about all this stuff, and I don't give a shit, but then you get to at least a window into her worldview a little bit. And she's like, yeah, I do know about all this stuff. Why am I going to go out there and be a hunter? She's just a very cynical person who doesn't believe that the world can be saved, and she doesn't like hunters. She thinks that, as she said, you know, obsessed, revenge-driven sociopaths, and she's not totally wrong. No, not at all. I mean, think about the hunters that we know so far. John Winchester made a deal with the demon to bring back his son, so he's in hell. Uh, you know, D- Sam and Dean are not great, well-balanced individuals. No. Gordon, definitely not. There are two new hunters, uh, which are, you know, Creedy and Kubrick. Or they're not great people. Well, Creedy's pretty much like a bland Creedy nobody. Seems, he's, he's pretty yeah. fine. Ellen is okay, but you know we don't even know what Ellen's doing nowadays since they bombed her bar. Like she's probably yeah. out there killing vampires for no reason. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, she's not wrong. Yeah, but Dean Dean's still disgusted with her. Dean is, is disgusted with her, and then uh, kind of tricks her into uh, so that you know he tricks her as they kind of have this showdown and they yell at each other a lot about you know who's doing the right thing, but he grabs the rabbit's foot pointing guns at each other the entire time, the entire time. Yeah. This is a showdown. Uh, but he ends up grabbing the rabbit's foot. And of course, when she goes to shoot him, the bullet just goes fucking ricochets everywhere and doesn't shoot him. So he, <laughs> Dean is like top of the fucking world at this point. He's like, yep, yeah, my luck is strong. I am out of here. Bye bye. I love that. We get to see 
Sam with the rabbit's foot or, you know, one of the idiots with the rabbit foot, rabbit's foot and, you know, benefiting from it, but they don't realize that they're benefiting from it. And then Mm -hmm. we see Sam, you know, of course, cursed by it afterwards and knowing that he's cursed by it. But now we finally get to see somebody pick up the rabbit's foot who knows what it can do. So he's just like these next few scenes is just Dean having fun with the fact that he has like the greatest luck in the world. (laughs) And he, boy, does he use this, right? Like he uses the hell out of this and I love it so much. Um, We haven't, as we were dealing with Dean and Bella, like we were actually going back and forth to Sam and the, uh, the apartment. And as Sam is in this, uh, not apartment, this hotel room, he's kind of just sitting there and not doing anything. And he like the air conditioner of the room kicks on, then it starts smoking and then it just catches on fire. And we see like Jared Padalecki's <laughs> reaction face to this, which he's is like, like, Oh, come on. I what? didn't even, I didn't even, I didn't even do anything. I didn't even touch it. Uh, that of course lights the curtains on fire and then he runs over and like grabs the curtains and is trying to beat out the fire. And then lo and behold, who's outside the window, but our buddies Creedy and Kubrick who have just lucked into finding this guy, which is yeah, again, just a, a really they think their nice good example. Luck is just Sam's bad luck. That's all. Exactly. Yeah. Sam's bad luck. This is just, oh man, I love all of Sam's bad luck here. Um, but of course Kubrick is just taking it as another sign from God. Oh, yeah, yeah. This isn't anything about... Because they don't even know about the rabbit's foot at this point. All they know is they're trying to track these people down. No, no, no. Um, Kubrick wraps him up on a on, on a chair, like ties the dude down, uh, kind of threatens to kill him, says a bunch of weird shit that I didn't write down. That's not very important. Stuff about him, you know, being a demon and, you know, he talks about his mission from God and all these different things. Basically, you know, God led me here. And Sam is like, no, like, wait, listen, I can explain, actually. <laughs> Hold on. There's this situation this, that wasn't God, but uh, Kubrick's not not hearing any of that. He's just, you know, you're a demon, you're a liar, you're this or that, whatever. It's it, Things aren't looking good for Sammy right about now. Not at all. Luckily, Dean busts in. And uh, as we alluded to earlier, his ability to utilize his good luck is just fantastic like it's it's just so amazing at one point he throws a pencil at this dude's gun yeah so he he comes in and and kubrick is like you know you can come in here with that gun it doesn't matter but you know you'll be cleaning your brother's brains off the floor before you can you know whatever basically i'm gonna kill sam even if you shoot me your brother's still dead And, and dean's like okay all right fine so he puts his gun down and that's when he picks up the pen and lightly tosses it so it gets stuck in the barrel of the gun and it's so good and Dean, nobody is happier about it or more psyched about how cool it was than dean himself he's oh just man like, Fuck, yeah. he's so happy he, he's he, he, he throws has that, whatever else did you see that look on his face it's just so fucking yeah. perfect with oh man it's so good he throws the the tv remote at him and like knocks him out and he's like i'm batman it's dean's favorite line <laughs> the i batman line is really good though i'll give him that um, and Sam's just like, okay, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so with those two disabled, they, they now have uh, Bobby's spell or disbursement spell or whatever the fuck mm-hmm. you want to call it to uh, go burn this rabbit's foot to release the curse. And uh, unfortunately, Bella shows up in the middle of this. Uh, and <laughs> I, li- I like this scene because it's so unexpected. I-, I like it when stuff like this happens where mm-hmm. um, she points the gun at him and Dean's like, ah, you're not going to shoot me. You're not going to shoot anybody. And then bam, she just shoots Sam in the shoulder. <laughs> and she says, yeah. you know, I can't kill. I can't hit you because you have the rabbit's foot, but I can hit him. And just uh, a bit of him. I can't miss. Exactly. Uh, that's because he has the bad luck. Just standing there, like holding the shoulder. Like what the hell? <laughs> And, and we didn't mention she this, even, but her her whole thing is to sell this for like millions of dollars, right? She's going yeah. to sell this to somebody. Yeah, and she even says like when you know they call her out, like you just shot him, and she's like, "Come on, relax. It's a shoulder hit. All right, I know how to aim." And <laughs> you know, Bella's playing that kind of like fun, 
like sedu- not seductive. That's not the right word, but like the, the type of like Bond villain you would see. You know, like she's the 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 flirtatious uh, rival of like your hero or whatever, who's constantly against him. But at the same time, they're allies. Like they're clearly setting that up here. <laughs> yeah, they're flirtatious is the best example. Like this is, you know, they're on the same side. You know, they're 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 enemies, but they can definitely join forces every once in a while. And they're 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 like you mentioned, they're totally setting this up. I love Dean's like answer to this problem. By the way, like this is just fucking great. It shows a. Yeah shows a level of critical thinking that we, we see from Dean sometimes, which I very much enjoy. Instead of trying to bargain with her or anything, he just throws the rabbit's foot at her. She, of course, naturally catches it and then realizes, oh, shit, now if I lose it, I'm going to die. So now she's yeah, forced so to... she's like, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so now they have to get rid of it using Bobby's like curse thing, which is fun. But she, uh, of course, you know, she goes along with this, but not without uh, snaking a few of the scratch tickets that Dean had been uh, scratching off. <laughs> yeah, because because it's important it, to note that right before they were burning, they're about to burn the uh, the rabbit's foot. The Dean just had a, a pocket full of scratch tickets just going off on him. He's like, "I'm getting something out of this before we burn this thing." <laughs> and I, I think he even says a number too. Like, aren't they like ten or fifteen thousand dollars up? Which is yeah, it's to a hunter has money. to be like that's a lot of shitty hotel rooms where they're as they're chasing werewolves around the country. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's good. And she she leaves with this with the scratch off tickets and then we go back to the jail where uh Kubrick is telling Gordon like oh you know Sam is the adversary he's the devil and God wants me to da 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 like he's going to this big long spiel and you can just see Gordon checking out like okay so you're <laughs> fucking insane yeah I'm going to hang up and just go back to jail for a little while yeah. don't call me <laughs> I will call you but he still he still ends this segment with a repeat of that earlier line of Sam Winchester must die so the boys are off scot-free for now but this episode it's a it's a great like one-off monster of the week episode it introduces Bella reintroduces Gordon but you know that you've got this this lingering threat because he wouldn't say Sam Winchester must die again just so he could go back to his jail cell and like do sit-ups forever like there's there's got to be more going on here exactly and th- and this wraps us up on this episode uh probably our best comedy episode so far uh, we don't get Definitely. into a lot of um overarching lore plot like it introduces bella we're going to see bella throughout the season um spoilers i guess but bella is going to be a re- recurring character if you couldn't tell that by you know the quality of actress and how many lines she got um <laughs> we're you know setting up gordon to be the kind of a- another enemy for them to face down is always a lot of fun like that's going to be that's going to pay off in dividends this season as well i think and I don't know, man, like just all of this stuff is great. Like the, I lost my shoe line, the stepping in gum, all of this stuff is so good. Like, it's just so fun and funny to watch. Yeah. It's a, it's a real highlight of this season. And I had forgotten about it despite how great it is. Oh, I, I was, I've been waiting for it. In fact, when we finished, uh, the second episode of season three and I saw which episode was next. I was like, Nope, definitely going to be watching that. (laughs) I think I've watched it twice in the last couple of weeks, which makes me a giant nerd for supernatural. So worth it. Worth it. Let's get into uh, Sin City. All right. Written by Robert Singer and Jeremy Carver, directed by Charles Beeson, and air dated. Air dated. Oh, that's not a word. 
and aired October 25th, 2007. A quiet town in Ohio becomes a haven of vice and violence, and Sam and Dean suspect demons are behind the change. Meanwhile, Ruby and Bobby begin rebuilding the cult. Surprisingly straightforward. Uh, yeah. For summary there. Yeah, this good. is essentially their Halloween episode for that year, which is interesting. Uh, they don't always do anything special for Halloween, but it's interesting to see which episode is going to air around that time of the year. Because mm-hmm. uh, they'll always end up you know, pushing stuff. Shows, especially you know, shows on the CW, will push the Halloween-themed episode. Um, I mean, any episode of Supernatural could really fall into this. Sure, yeah. This is a... I, I, I like this episode. I think it's surprisingly well acted. There's not a lot to it, though. Uh, mm. Like, I don't... Like, there's some really good guest stars. Like, we get a guy from Twin Peaks. We get the major from Twin Peaks. But he's not really given anything to do. Like, this poor guy doesn't barely gets a line in it. He's just kind of... I think of, he just like, gets punched by Sam. <laughs> yeah. And like, he kind of surprises Sam a couple... Like, once towards the end. Which is... Because yeah. I, I love the major, right? Like, I love the major. Like, he's he's a great he's a great character on twin peaks and I've seen him pop up in other shows and he's a good actor. Um, so it's kind of disappointing. We don't see him a lot. Uh, but mostly this is just like straightforward demon catching, right? Like yeah, they, got a, they, they got a couple of demons. Like they don't even have special names. They're not the, the seven deadly sins. They're not, you know what I'm saying? They're not looking at the Christmas presents early demons. You know it's what I'm demons saying? running, running amok in a town, but it's different different from what we had seen before where you you know they went to that bar with the seven deadly sins where the demons are making people do like outwardly very very evil things whereas in this town which was months you know a nice church going community it suddenly just kind of like uh you know spring break all year long like they've turned it into a sinful place but not like an evil place and it's just interesting to see kind of that side of the demons where not not every demon is about you know, doing evil and like murdering people. Some of it's just vice and partying and, and you know, excess and all these different things. And we're going to get a, a big lore dump towards the end of this episode where one of the demons um, tells Dean, like it was so easy to do this. Like this city, this, this town was so quiet until I whispered in the right ear of, you know, you could do this, you could make money doing that. And then all of a sudden everybody is drinking and formicating and prostitution. And like, it's, it's just went crazy. And, the demon says, this is the reason we're going to win. It's because the humans, you humans are so weak. You're so easily mm-hmm. led astray. All we have to do is whisper in your ear and you, you know, you're going to be tempted into doing all this stuff, which isn't what you're supposed to be doing. Like it's not good stuff for you. Like this, these aren't good acts that you're doing. Like you don't have to be religious, but also you probably shouldn't as a priest be doing shots and <laughs> dealing with prostitutes yeah. at a bar, which is and what we're going like see. vaguely flirty with the, <laughs> yeah. the waitress. It's really creepy. Um, uh, I do like, I, I don't, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong. Do we need to go through this one step by step? You think? I don't think so. I think we need to talk okay. about Richie a little bit, but I wanted, I really want to talk about Richie because this is going to go down with, um, was it Memphis or was it Tennessee? Uh, who was the psychic from season one that we like so much? Missouri. Missouri. Yeah. I, I think <laughs> Memphis uh, or Tennessee. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, <laughs> is it Memphis? Uh, uh, but Richie is, is I think, a really good, like, I think he would have been a good, like, kind of yeah, you know, he, he really character. A sleazy dude that Dean could just call every once in a while. Yeah. So we meet we meet Richie as he's, uh, like, paying off his prostitute, who is, like, this gorgeous blonde who he calls his stepsister for some reason. And he's a he's a hunter. Like, Dean knows him, and they've done jobs together. But he's, like, a real sleazy dude. He's He's kind of got, like, a skeezy New York mobster accent thing yeah. happening. Yeah. 
like he's he's very he's he's got a stereotype like he's loud shirts like the little hat like the whole thing so he says forget about it at a he says point. forget about it yeah where is the vazool <laughs> like yeah, he's fucking he's tony just, soprano he looks like he could uh he was like a reject from the jersey shore yeah like they, they, he was like <laughs> he, he auditioned for uh snooki's dad or whatever yeah, like no yeah, no no yeah. you're not you're not you're not good for this like he's uh, just such a douchebag in the best way possible he's just like a misogynist and like all these awful things, but he's just so funny. And Dean is like, dude, like you shouldn't be here. Like you're an idiot. You always get yourself into trouble. You're going to get yourself killed. Yeah. Dean definitely is doing the, the protector role with, with Richie, like they're friends, but he's, and he's not doing the, uh, his same protector role that he does with Sammy, but, uh, he's definitely right. saying like, Hey, like you're, you're, I'm not going to like sit on you. I can't control what you do. Like I can with Sammy, but you know, you should you should watch out. You're not very good at this stuff. It's <laughs> just kind of funny. Um, but yeah, there's there's been some weird deaths in this town, like some suicides and some murders and things. So they're there to investigate it. They meet Richie. They go to the this dude has committed suicide in a church. So they go to meet the priest. Uh, Richie tells them like, hey, if you want to talk to if you want to talk about anything bad in this town, you got to go to Trotter's. Trotter is the guy that we mentioned earlier, the major from Twin Peaks, and mm-hmm. uh, he owns the place. But we don't really see him or do anything. Instead, like. We go to this bar and it's just full of it's spring break, like you said, like it's spring break, yeah. <laughs> you know, just a lot of like hot young people. <laughs> it's hot young singles in your area, Chris. <laughs> yeah. It's just like an ad on a on a spam email. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> There's um, just like sex workers everywhere. Everybody's selling something in this place. I guess that's a good way to put it. There's a really big focus on this bartender who is uh, a, a very beautiful woman. Dean and Richie are both instantly infatuated. Dean says something that he can fit that ass on a nickel. And yeah, I don't, I don't, fucking, I don't like, I've heard a lot of euphemism. I think he means, I think nice what asses, he's saying is it, it, what, it's a tight ass? Is that what it's he's a trying tight to say? Ass, I guess, but I don't even, I don't even get it. Like, <laughs> like two, two dogs cuddling in a wool sack, right? Like, I get that. Like, I can see that. <laughs> Like yeah, there's, okay. there's there's lots of euphemisms for like that chick has a nice ass <laughs> fitting on a nickel I've never heard before. So. I wonder if, I, I wonder if it's just a persuader oh, thing like that supernatural just invented. That writer's just fond of saying that. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't get it. Um, there's just a little bit of color for the script. Yeah. Unfortunately for <sighs> Richie, who does pick up the bartender, uh, she takes him back to like this basement setting, and she's a demon, and she fucking slices his throat or twists his head around. I think she thinks she breaks his neck. Yeah, it's uh, pretty bad time. Yeah, which is a disappointment because Richie, like for the like eight minutes he's on the screen, he's a delightful presence. So that was yeah. a bummer. And it's just it's funny to see you know him work off of Sam and Dean, who are just like so they're not straight laced, but like compared to him, they just seem like such decent normal dudes. Yeah, um, exactly. But it's also like even Sam, who's always has a stick up his ass, like can't help but like kind of chuckle at Richie a little bit. Yeah, he's the scumbag that you will always let you let sleep on your couch, right? Like, yeah, he's like, God damn it, this guy sucks, but it's just, uh, you know what? It's just, it's Richie. It's just, you know, it's just Richie. Yeah, we, we let Richie do whatever the fuck he wants to. Like, yeah, he'll show up at your house and he'll mooch off of you for a week and that, you know, but, you know, he'll always pay you back somehow. Like, you just never know yep. when. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I love Richie so much. I think he's such a great character. <laughs> Bring back Richie. So Bring back Richie. They could do it. <laughs> <laughs> They've literally brought back almost every other person that's died on this show. So yeah. I don't know why they can't do it with Richie. Um, 
we do get some scenes, and this is the important part of the episode where uh, Ruby shows up at Bobby's place as he's trying to rebuild the gun. So yeah, there's something that I've actually always been a little bit unclear on is they don't ever. I mean, I'm sure they do say it, but I just kind of never was was catching it. At the beginning of the episode, they're essentially reworking the cult, trying to figure out what exactly made it the cult mm-hmm. because they don't have any more bullets for it. They're trying to, they're trying to figure something out. Uh, and so that was at the beginning of the episode. And now we're cutting back to Bobby, you know, he's practicing firing the gun, I guess, um, you know, putting it back together, but it's still, it's not the cult. It's not a holy weapon at this point. It's just a regular old stick shooter or it's a replica of it. Something along those lines. Honestly, I'm not super clear on it. Well, uh, it, I, this is what I wasn't confused about too, and I don't know if I just missed it in the last episode, but uh, it's implied later in, or it's implied in this next in the next episode that we'll cover that this is a replica of the cult. In mm-hmm. other words, they don't have the original cult, but this is a replica of it, and it, Ruby is known to have had it. Like so, she she's identified with it, so she has given it to them, baby. Yeah, I, didn't really, I think it's yeah. I didn't, like didn't really get it. Uh, I've honestly, somebody maybe out there can just tell us, but every time that I've watched the show and I've watched season three, as I was saying to you before, I've watched season three more than a lot of the other seasons. Cause sometimes when I would rewatch it, I would just start from season three cause I liked it a lot. Um, and I have never fully understood exactly what the exchange here was. And it's just never mattered that much, mm-hmm. I guess. Cause it's just something like, okay, well they've got the plot gun back so they can do the plot things with it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I always thought maybe I just missed the explanation for it or it was in a deleted scene. I don't know, but whatever. Bobby, Bobby gets a, a version of the cult at some point. And uh, he tests his cult that he has already and tries to shoot her. And of course it doesn't work. So, um, but they, they team up. She's going to help him try to fix this gun. Um, and he's, he's not real happy about it, but he goes along with it anyway, which just seems like really, really strongly out of character for Bobby. But yeah, again, I think at plot, this point they're just so. feeling, yeah, yeah, plot and they're, <laughs> you know, the feeling of desperation, like what, what, we do, what the hell else are we even going to do? Uh, meanwhile, you know, we have this weird scene where Sam tries to break into Trotter's like, you know, office because thinking that he's the yeah, demon. We, we, there was the uh, there was another altercation after uh, Richie mm-hmm. left the bar. Mm-hmm. There was a guy came in, shot another guy, and then tried to kill himself. And Dean wrestled the gun away from him. And uh, and during all the commotion, Sam looks over and he sees uh, the major just kind of staring at him. So he he goes. He's thinking that you know the major is the demon, which it turns out not to be. So there's this really really awkward and great scene where uh, Sam. Fights the bodyguard. Uh, yeah, he breaks the into his office, and the bodyguard comes back in. Right? Yeah, like subdues the bodyguard. The major comes in, points a gun at him. Sam grabs the gun with one of his like slick maneuvers to to get the gun away from him, and then holding the gun on him, starts splashing them with holy water, which of course doesn't do anything. <laughs> and these guys are like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And Sam's like, "Uh, I've got an appointment. I gotta go." Yeah, <laughs> he's like, like, "This isn't really weird." <laughs> and like breaks down the gun and is like, "I'm just gonna yeah. take this with me. Bye." takes all the bullets out of the gun he's like okay so you you take this i'm just gonna leave this here puts the gun down he's like i'll you know i'll I'll just take these and uh okay and then he just speed walks out he doesn't like run away he just walks quickly out of the room yeah like he's power walking like the old ladies at the mall do early in the morning like he's he's getting the fuck out of there which he 100 percent realizes that he fucked up yeah um dean while sam was doing that goes back to the bar and uh finds the bartender and kind of like basically asked her out and she's like why why should we wait till I get till I get off my shift like let's go right now leads him back to the basement and uh but he's already realized like he's already tracked Richie here through his cell phone using the GPS and realized that this bartender is a demon and has laid the classic devil's trap oh it just never fails to impress me chris every time dean gets a demon with a devil's <laughs> trap i love it it's so good 
I was watching it with uh, my girlfriend last night, and she was just th- saying, you know, how, Dean, how could you be so stupid? How could you fall for this? Like, of course she's the bad guy. Come on. And I was like, you just wait a second. Just wait. You just, just wait. wait. <laughs> Old Dino's got a couple tricks up his sleeve. <laughs> Old Dino. <laughs> just, just awesome. And uh, this is probably, so far in season three, the most important conversation that we've seen. Like, this is some of the most interesting lore. Um, yeah. Uh, Blah. I just forgot the word, but like we, we, well, get, so we get a lore bomb here, which is super interesting. Dean tries, you know, he, he traps, he does the devil's trap. He tries to then exercise her using, you know, his, his spell book or whatever it is, his, you know, his Latin spell book. And she is still able to, within the, the devil's trap, use some sort of, you know, devil spell, whatever. It's just, it's essentially just incredibly strong winds to manipulate the environment around them. And it tears out all of the pages of Dean's spell book. Um, and like, ends up crumbling the floor behind him uh, because they're in this old, you know, dungy basement. So they get trapped down there. And there's the great scene of, you know, she just dis- destroys his notebook with it, the spell, the exorcism spell written in it. Uh, and Dean's like, that's fine. Like I, I still know it. And he says like the first three lines, like the exorcist say ominous and so that he just can't remember the rest of it. And he's like, oh shit. <laughs> he's like, well, you just wait because pretty soon, you know, my brother's going to be here and he does know the whole spell. So, I really, and that's uh, when we learn. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, we learn that uh, she says, "Well, yeah, people always said, you know, Sam was the brains of the operation," and he's like, "What? People think that about us?" And basically realizing that the demons talk about the Winchesters, the demons know of the Winchesters, they know a lot about the Winchesters. You know, they're they're a common topic of of conversation, especially with the fact that after Azazel Yellow Eyes died, again we learn we learn Yellow Eyes's name here. For the first time because i don't think we had ne- heard it before had we? we 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 found it out in uh the first episode of season two uh when okay. john calls azazel but the boys at this point do not know who was azazel's name so this is the first All time right. dean hears that uh because he says something he's she says something like about azazel and he looks at her, he's like would you think everybody called him the yellow eye demon <laughs> like no yeah. he has a fucking name dude come on but she's basically like second in command to you know the throne of or whatever whatever he's trying to do here was sam and that doesn't seem to you know be on the table anymore so there's just chaos amongst all these demons who are free and she's essentially implying like demons like me aren't really trying to uh be a part of this war we're kind of trying to like hang out and like party and indulge in that side of being a demon you know rather than the global war against humankind yeah, and I like this because she she describes to him as we mentioned before, like all she had to do to bring this town down into this debauchery was you know whisper a few words, and he's like, so that's how all this ends. And she says, no, 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 that this is how it all begins. Like this is what I want to start. And mm-hmm. um, he, he, I feel like this is almost a recruitment speech, and that's that's the words I wrote in my notes as I was watching the episode. Like she seems like she's trying to convince Dean to say like, no, 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 there's a whole other side of this you're not considering. Like we have we're we're a whole different side and not all of us are like you said not all of us are just wanting death and destruction like there's part of us that just want to want to rule like we we're not all bad like we're we're terrible but we're not all bad but he's yeah, just we're trying not all to get yellow him. eyes bad <laughs> exactly and uh she even like kind of tempts him by saying you know for what it's worth i was gonna follow sam and no matter what he did like trying to get on his good side with all of this she tempts him several times because she's an extraordinarily beautiful woman and she kind of starts doing stretches and things like that and um there's a there's a line in here that um she says you know isn't this kind of funny me and you just sitting here like a couple of regular folks and mm-hmm. 
to me, it's 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 not the start. Like we've seen Dean kind of get othered in several circumstances. He's already been brought back to from the dead once, so he's not quite, you know, the same as a lot of other humans. But I love that these demons, the crossroad demons, this demon, they all try to isolate Dean from everything around him. Like he, they're always trying to make Dean separate when they talk to him. Of like, you know, you're special. Your son, your brother is special. You're special. That kind of thing. I think it's really yeah. interesting that they do this this early. It's just it's just fascinating to me. Like it's this whole thing. She talks about how they have a god and his name is Lucifer, and he's like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, it's the first mention we ever get of of, yeah. of Lucifer. You, uh, you know, we, there's been a Zazel, but it's like he's not like the devil. He's a demon, and it's just interesting that they they mention you know they're ha- them having you know a higher power basically and she says like nobody's seen him yeah i have have faith that he exists like that's like have you ever seen god dean she doesn't say that but that's that's the implication like you've never seen the thing that you purport to believe in right and And i have you know i complained uh last episode about how i hate the the pop culture demons you know i don't like the the snappy fun uh, quoting movies demons i really like this version of the demon who is decidedly like more human than um you would expect a demon to be but it's handled so normally and where she can kind of like flip a switch she never goes overboard with the uh the pop culture stuff ever that's just not her but she can kind of flip a switch from being like you know well uh, well-adjusted seductress to like fanatic when she talks about lucifer it's like something changes in her and that's where i feel like they you know they did she especially this actress did really well with the whole i'm a demon thing like demons are supposed to be eerie and a little bit off and when she starts talking about you know her god and she just has that switch and you're like oh okay you know she does it very subtly and it's still you know with all within the same performance it's nothing like crazy that stands out she's not screaming suddenly but it's enough of like a subtle uh switch that it really it, i don't want to say creeped me out but it's definitely a little bit unsettling where you you see that hidden layer you're kind of distracted by the fact that she's been having normal conversation with Dean and flirting with him in a normal way. And you could almost see like, uh, you could almost see them like getting along with each other. I mean, they are getting along with each other. And then she mentions Lucifer and she's not, you know, threatening when she talks about it, but it's just in such a way that you're like, yeah, like she's, she's off. She's different. And, and more importantly, she's disarming. Like she's mm-hmm. having this casual conversation with Dean and this is Dean's opportunity. He can't exercise her. He, so he's stuck and he's stuck in this room so he can't leave. So he has to do it. He has nothing to do but talk to her. So when she starts talking about hell, he says, you know, Hey, what's it like down there? You know, I'm, it, it, she, oh, she's like, Oh yeah, you, you know, you're scheduled to take a visit or something or take a tour or whatever. Mm-hmm. And like, it's not going to be great for you, but I, I really like this vulnerability that Dean is showing. Like he's showing up for the first time this season, a little yeah. bit of fear of what is going to end up at the end of this year that he's, that he's been given, like what's going to happen at the end of this, which is, which is nice. Like seeing that kind of that, that exposed fear is, is really interesting to me with this character. And again, like this demon is just a, like, she kills it. She just nails all of this. You mentioned the, uh, the pop culture references. She does. <laughs> and I guess this was, which was what, 2007. And she makes a Dick mm-hmm. Cheney reference of like, Oh yeah, we've, oh, got a special, right. we've got a special place safe for Dick Cheney, which like, okay, yeah. cool. See that I can tolerate a little more. Cause she's not quoting a movie. She's just referencing a person that they're going to say. Yeah. Hell. <laughs> yeah. And, and Hey, look, bring me all your Dick Cheney jokes. Like I'm ready. Like I'm, I like all yeah, those. That's stuff. fine. <laughs> we'll still take those. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, while this entire conversation is happening, we're kind of flicking back and forth while Sam is trying to find Dean. Um, he finds the priest from the very beginning of the episode that we mentioned, um, at the bar doing shots like priests do. 
and uh, yep. you know, it's like, hey, you're friends with this bartender. She left with my brother. Can you can you help me out? And he's, oh yeah, I think I know where they might be. And it's revealed that he's the second demon. So there's two of these yeah. demons walking around, and Sam is with one of them. And it's I don't know if it's when they get to the uh, when they finally get to the place that Dean like you know Sam goes over to that like hole and Sam's like hey I'm down here or Dean's like <laughs> hey I'm down here and uh, I think that's when he says like oh the priest is the other demon and then Sam's like oh shit I'm with the priest yeah the uh, they split up Sam gets to this house uh, with the priest and he, Sam's like you know you go that way I'll go this way he finds the basement window and that's when Dean is like don't trust him I, I've got a demon down here and she says that there's one with you or something and he's like oh shit and uh, that's when Bobby shows up. <laughs> yeah, I guess he. I don't know. He just, yeah, he like this. Up. This seemed pretty uh, Deus Ex Machina for me, right? Like this is. This I is- I don't know if maybe Sam contacted him at some point, being like, "I can't get a hold of Dean. I don't know what's going on. This is where we are." And then it's just Deus Ex Machina, I guess. So. <laughs> yeah, this is so the Bobby shows up. Uh, the priest demon immediately knocks him over with his telekinesis. Uh, Ruby shows up. He gets, she gets knocked right the fuck over, but the, the cult gets kind of flung over to Sam. Sam grabs it. And Ruby says like, no, it'll definitely work. I fixed it. So he turns to the, to the priest guy and just shoots him straight in the fucking head. I just, before that happens. Oh no, wait, I am getting ahead of myself. Very interesting. They're attacking. uh, The priest is attacking Dean down in the basement. just by himself. I got, I got got ahead a little bit. Sorry. The female demon is saying, don't kill him. You don't have to kill him. He, you know, he didn't hurt me. Let's go. And it's, it's, we've never seen a demon act like this before. She's saying, you know, killing Dean Winchester is not necessary right now because I guess it's supposed to show she has kind of a heart and, or something akin to it. She has something going on inside of her that's more human than we expect. And it's interesting to see this demon and then to see Ruby, who, you know, we don't know anything about Ruby, but it's like, well, if this random girl can be capable of feeling some sort of something positive, maybe Ruby can be trusted or has potential. We don't know yet as, you know, a, a first time viewer. But as she's standing there pleading, or not necessarily pleading, but, you know, you know, kind of coaxing the priest saying, you don't have to kill Dean. This is where we get another moment of, of Sam being a new version of himself. Where Sam comes down, shoots the priest in the head, and then before anything else can happen, he just turns and he, he shoots the the female demon as well. Over Dean's protestations, like Dean's like Sam, yeah. Sam, hold on, hold on, hold on, wait, 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 like and because he just boom, yeah, and she he just straight straight up you know murders her, and it's important to realize that like they're when you exercise some these demons from the body. They they have a chance of surviving. We've seen that with um, mm-hmm. Meg at the first season. They she didn't like the the host body didn't survive, but at least they gave her a chance. And uh, this gun obviously does not leave the host body alive, which is no. you know kind of a bummer. So he's effectively not only killed two demons, but also killed two innocent people at the same time. And it's just such a striking move from Sam. You know, we we're seeing more and more of this violence and. You know, I don't know necessarily. I just think it's interesting that we see a demon, you know, pleading for compassion. And then we have Sam Winchester come in who with with a complete lack of compassion. You know, normally if Dean said wait, Sam would wait. Even if it was, you know, his fingers on the trigger and he's about to pull it, he would still wait because that's Sam Winchester. He's got that instinct to always do the, the less violent thing. You know, he's always, he wants to listen to his brother. He doesn't want to hurt people. He wants to find the good solution through everything. And here he just murders them you know he just shoots these two these two demons these two people without really thinking about it and it's like we start to see more of this stuff like i said earlier we saw it at the end of season two 
where, you know, for me, around this time, they're just talking about how Sam was supposed to lead this demon army, and then suddenly he's acting all violently. And I think maybe the first time I watched it, I was just like, oh, he's kind of, he's been through some shit. He's a little bit more of a tough guy or a little bit more of a badass now. And I don't necessarily see it that way. I mean, his actions are from like afar, I guess you could say they're more badass because he's being the more action hero type dude. But when you're looking at it, you're like, dude, something fucked up is happening here. Yeah. This is, you know, you mentioned that, uh, he would listen to Dean and before he killed somebody. And we've, we've seen on season two where Dean was actively encouraging him to shoot somebody and he didn't. Mm -hmm. So like, this is a dramatic departure of the Sam Winchester that we've seen in the, in the past. And I I wonder if, cause we, we would kind of complain about some of that stuff in the past. Like in season two, it's, you know, Sam not wanting to do a thing or, you know, angsting over different things. Angsting is not a word, but you know, being angsty over things or about things. And I wonder if they kind of, if they had a plan for this, for, for Sam's character development uh, in advance, and they you know wanted to draw that stuff out so that there would be a stark comparison to his shift in behavior, because mm-hmm. otherwise you would just say, well, Sam's acting kind of like Dean. And if that was the case, if Sam was just like Dean, then you'd be like, well, that's fine. You know, Dean's a good guy. We, you know, he gets a little overboard sometimes, but he's a good guy. But it's like, you know, Sam isn't Dean. Sam was somebody else beforehand. Sam was that like, you know, wringing his hands. I don't want to hurt anybody guy and now he's shooting guys in the head like it's nothing yeah and i mean we saw at the end of season two like how violent he got when he just emptied the fucking clip into um that guy Mm -hmm. whose name we can't remember and so like seeing this uh (laughs) rest in peace dog uh seeing seeing sam kind of slowly and we're going to see this in the next episode well kind of like just do these things do these things that he we we're not comfortable seeing him do that he would have been comfortable with even like you know a year ago is Mm -hmm. is just the unraveling of Sam's character and knowing that he has this, this demon blood inside him, knowing that he has this weird power, knowing that the EOI demon wanted him to do this. That was what he was encouraging Ava to do. That's what Ava said. Like he would be unbelievable. Like yeah. I remember Ava saying, you know, once you lean into it, once you start using this, it gets even better. You want, you'll be amazed at what you can do. And that's, this is what we're seeing right. with, with, with Sam. It's just despite it's, the fact that since Yellow Eyes has died, Sam doesn't seem to have any demon powers anymore, but without the demon powers, he's still acting out violently. Yeah, and we haven't we haven't seen him like have psychic flashes or anything like that. Um, there was the one point early in season one where he actually used telekinesis a little bit, like he was able to throw the the closet yeah, doors. Yeah, that's the only time we ever really saw anything like that. Yeah, we haven't we haven't seen any of that stuff. Um, but it's you know it's there, and there, even though Sam has died and come back to life, where he's still the same person. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we we that has yeah, to be yeah, the yeah. same. Like he still has demon blood in him. We can't forget that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting to note that because we could say, well, you know, Dean died at the beginning of season two and was brought back to life, but we don't know what happened to Sam in the meantime, because Sam was just like dead for 24 hours, rotting on the table at Bobby's house or wherever they were. Mm -hmm. Um, While Dean was still hooked up to life support at a hospital and his consciousness was like floating around and whatever. And it was essentially, you know, am I, am I ready to leave my body? Am I ready to pass on? versus Sam just being dead. Like Dean his body was not dead yet. His his body never died at any point. His spirit never left, you know, that hospital essentially. We don't mm-hmm. know what happened to Sam when he wasn't in his body. And to be we don't we don't ever know. That's spoilers. We don't ever find out, you know, anything about what Sam was like when he was when he was dead. He was just effectively dead. But I just think it's an interesting cuz it's easy to say, "Oh, what did we bring back when we brought back Sam?" You could say the same thing about Dean, but that wasn't true for Dean. 
yeah, Dean was on the verge of leaving, right? He was still alive when mm-hmm. when the deal took place and when the yellow eyed demon brought him back to life. And John sold his John's soul life. to save Dean, whereas From, yeah. Dean sold his soul to bring Sam back to life. Exactly. Which is a very key difference, especially for mm-hmm. their behaviors going forward. Um So yeah, we this is really the meat of the episode to me. Like with this conversation yeah. between um Dean and Casey, who is the 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 female That's demon um this conversation the idea that there's a lucifer the idea that there's like this organization structure the idea that they were willing to follow sam and now that sam's not around to take over it's total chaos like there was no number two is all this stuff is fascinating to me uh, i like the fact that they have the cult back like they were able to do that even with ruby's help mm-hmm. um dean expresses some worry at the end of this like dean and uh, bobby are yeah. walking down the street and dean is like you know i'm this demon, the yellow demon said something and kind of went over some of the stuff that you and I just talked about. And, and Bobby is either unconcerned or pretending to be unconcerned because he's like, don't worry about it. Demons lie. And, uh, as he was just told uh, by this, by, by Casey, not all demons lie. Some demons tell the truth. Mm -hmm. So I think that's, you know, Bobby is, is one of those best characters in the series, but he definitely wants to take care of these boys and he's going to put that above anything else. So if he can save Dean yeah. some pain here, that's what he's doing. Like, don't worry about it. It's all a lie. Sam's fine. Yeah. I wasn't convinced by what he said, so I don't know how Dean was. But exactly. Dean yeah. Wants, wants to believe it. And then we wrap up with, um, Ruby and Sam and, uh, they oh, yeah. do, they do a little bit of world building and say that, I don't know, man. Like she's, you know, you should, I should, you should trust me to help you. And Sam says, well, you're a demon. Well, I gave you the cult. Like there's a lot of back and forth. And and, and he's stuff. like, why don't I just shoot you right now? And she's like, well, I can help you save your brother. She's still, she's reiterating that mm-hmm. she hasn't really told him how, but at this point, you know, regardless of what mental state Sam might be in, you know, he still wants to save his brother. You know, he said it at the end of season two and in season two, they make it sound like a nice thing where he's like, you know, now it's my turn to save you. He's still he's trying to save his big brother. You know, there is still, <laughs> despite all this other shit going on, you know, Sam's still a good guy. You know? Sam is, you know, he's trying to be a good guy right now. Like, he's actively right. trying to do the right thing, even though the right thing right here is not to do anything with the demon. But, mm-hmm. again, you know, we've seen Bobby deal with this chick, too. So, it's not, you can't right. put it all on, on Sam's shoulders at this point. Yeah. Like, if, when Bobby Sam, accepts somebody, you know. Sam's already growing desperate for a way to save Dean. So, he thinks, well, okay, if this, this chick can can get Dean out of his deal and keep us both alive, then like, yeah, I get to trust her. I want to bring up something totally unrelated to the plot of this show, of this sure. episode. Um, did you notice the weird camera angles that they used throughout this? Uh, there were, there were a lot of times where I don't know. And it, maybe it just was on my mind because the major was there and I was thinking about twin peaks a lot and kind of excited about the new season of twin peaks. But uh it very much seemed like they were trying to ape some of those camera angles where David Lynch would, you know, puts a camera in the top corner of a room and looks down at the characters speaking. Like it seemed like there were several of those shots. And I looked it up and tried to, you know, see if they were, if it was on purpose or anything and tried to find any information. And I couldn't, I'm curious if you saw any of that or if it was just me. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I can picture it now. I just Mm -hmm. stuttered so much. Uh, I can picture, uh, the room that that Dean and and Casey are are down in that you know that dungeon area where they they were using a lot of different shots, especially to show off the uh, the devil's trap that Dean had put in there. And I I think I would I know oh yeah there's that that great shot from the car door and that woman kind of like you know entices Easy Dean to like come yeah, over exactly. yeah 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 and yeah. Sam has to pull him away. But even that it's just, it's a unique shot, and I think that that's doing the um, cabinet of Dr. Caligari you know film technique where 
you shoot things at odd angles and, you know, center things weirdly and film things from different perspectives in order to create a sense of unease. And it's not necessarily, you don't really get that in this episode necessarily, but you do get that sort of like, it's, it's making things seem different than, than how they should be. You know, you're not seeing straight because this town is infected by, uh, lust and well, they're essentially infected by like party town. Um, (laughs) They're infected they by the spring break disease. They're infected <laughs> by spring break. And, you know, you get these claustrophobic shots of the bar and, you know, different, especially when Sam is breaking into uh, the major's office, especially like the way that they are like peeling down that hotel, uh, not that, that's, that that's, hallway. Yeah. The hallway scene is exactly what I was going to bring up is that because that, that weird shot of Dean kind of moving across, it almost, it reminds me of like the resident evil, uh, mm-hmm. like the original resident evil, how they would like glue the camera in one spot and only move it a little bit when your character moves through a, a scene and it makes yeah. it look real cinematic. Like that, that it's just really interesting. Like, I think that we should call that stuff out when we see it. Cause it's, it, I Absolutely. thought it was really fun about a fun part of this episode, which, you know, was an okay watch. Like I, I'm, I'm pretty positive on this episode overall. Like the, it, it's one of those episodes that takes a little while to get going and it doesn't necessarily work without any of the meta plot stuff. So it's a bad monster yeah. of the week episode and like the, the meta plot stuff is buried in the back end and we don't really see anything new. You know what I'm saying? Like we right. get, we get a new cult, which is fine. Uh, and Sam kills two demons. And I think Ruby even uh, mentions this at some point, like you, you killed two demons back there, which is going to, is a small bit of foreshadowing for, for what Sam's going to be doing for a lot of his time. Yeah. The next couple of years. I'm looking at uh, uh, our notes here, and it says the director is Charles Beeson, and that is not a name that I've seen before. It doesn't me, mean that it hasn't either. been here yeah. before, but so maybe either he's a new director or somebody we just haven't seen in a while, bringing some interesting uh, directing techniques, which is always a welcome thing. Even when it fails, I think it's just it's good when when they're shaking up the way that the show is presented. Yeah, I, I, I liked it. I guess is what, is what I was going after there. So um, yeah, now that you point it out, it's it's definitely sticks out in my mind i'm just looking up that dude to see if he's been in anything interesting and nope nothing i mean that, that, that charles decent i mean like he was directing episodes of eastenders back in the 90s so like this dude is just a guy so he's just this dude's just a guy this dude is just a guy <laughs> Well, let's get into the third and final episode we're going to be covering today. Uh, mm. This is season three, episode uh, three, four, five. Uh, Bedtime stories. Writer is Catherine Humphreys. Director is Mike Roll. Air date November first, two thousand seven. Once upon a time, Sam and Dean visit a strange town where mysterious deaths seem linked to fairy tales. Meanwhile, Sam summons the Crossroad Demons and threatens her with the rebuilt cult. Spoilers. That is not a meanwhile. That is just the final scene. That's of the like episode. the last five minutes of this episode. Um, <laughs> what can you describe to me? What the fuck is happening in this episode? Okay, Chris. Okay. I don't. Okay. <sighs> so this. So okay, Jeremy. Listen, you ready? I'm just going to give you the like the full the full story, not the investigation. Just what exactly is going on? Ready? Okay. Okay. Bre- bre- so this girl. Break it down for me. What's her name? <laughs> didn't i didn't think to write her name down snow white so snow white uh or sleeping beauty all right sleeping beauty was poisoned by her stepmom when she was eight years old Coward. and 
Callie. So Callie was poisoned by her stepmother when she was eight years old, and it basically put her into a coma. Um, but people like knew that her stepmother had poisoned her. They thought that it was just an accident. And so Callie's spirit basically trapped inside of her, or you know, clinging to her body that's in a coma. Her spirit is loose, and it's essentially trying to to get her voice heard to let people know, you know, this was not an accident. This this was done to me. My my wicked stepmother tried to kill me. And uh, her stepmother had since died, so she's not really even part of the story. It's not like somebody's getting comeuppance in this. Um, during this, she's just staying at the hospital where her father was. He's a doctor, and mm-hmm. he reads her Grimm's fairy tales because I guess that's something that she just enjoyed when she was younger. And now she's just you know a fully you know grown woman or teenage woman. I don't I don't know. Uh, she's much older now, but her spirit has remained at uh, the age of an eight year old girl. Uh, and her spirit is also unable to speak, but it's still trying to communicate what happened to her. And as time has gone on, rather than being able to manifest any words or anything like that, it's just her like anger and frustration of being silenced and not being able to have her voice heard and, and to have the truth get out. Uh, no one will listen to her because she can't speak. So it's just manifested in, in rage and anger. And it's manifesting through, I'm going to keep using the word manifesting, I guess, manifesting through <laughs> the imagery going into her head which is like the fairy tales that her father's reading to her so it's just essentially random violence caused by her like personal anguish in the shape of fairy tales so you get these guys who own like a construction company some three little pigs shit uh and they're attacked by like a wolf man and then there's a hansel and gretel situation it's just her manifesting evil <sighs> things happening in the real world and it doesn't make any sense she's incredibly powerful how is she so powerful how is she so powerful um how did she find none of this episode makes a lot of sense. What you described makes a lot of sense up until the part where you talked about the three guys. So yeah, she finds these three guys that are arguing over the way to build a house. And when like, they're literally having the three little pigs argument of, Oh no, you should, you should have gone with stone. Like I said, no, 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 no. You should, we should go with wood. Like I said, when they're attacked by a wolf, like it's so improbable for these, this thing to exist and for her yeah. to latch onto it. Like it just, just and it's not to played be able for to comedy like, at all. It's no. played perfectly straight, and as if this supposed this stuff is supposed to be scary, and they film it like it's all filmed like it's supposed to be scary. They do the perspective of the monster before it jumps on the guy, and yeah. all all of this stuff is you know meant to be scary, and it's not, and it's just dumb. I, if, I don't like this at all. If there, she was just manifesting like the monsters or something, rather than becoming a vengeful spirit she was appearing as uh, you know, the big bad wolf or something that I could at least get along with. Cause we know that vengeful spirits have power. We've seen it plenty of times before they can do things like drown people in lakes. You know, they, they can do serious damage to, to life. So if she was just manifesting her spirit as these things that she was, you know, hearing in her psyche, we can understand that. But how is she manifesting the three little pigs who are also going to be killed? Like what, it just doesn't. And and I get it. It's a fun little, Oh, it's a twist. They're fairy tales. And you know, Sam's going to figure out that they're fairy tales and Dean's going to make fun of them for knowing that. Um, yeah, there, there's but a really just, regrettable line in here when Sam oh, figures, yeah. figures out oh, the yeah, uh, fairy is. tale stuff, and it says something like, "Can you be more gay?" And I'm like, "Teen, teen, don't. That's not cool, man. Don't do <laughs> yeah. that. Don't do that." Like you um, could make you can make a gay jokes about them be, because of like the way they are, but just calling a person gay because you want to call them effeminate or like make fun of him, like that's just it's very, very 2007 and very uncool. Yeah, it's it's very macho 2007. Like that's exactly yeah. what it is. Uh, I, sh- I should mention that you might recognize the dad um, of our spirit here. He's the one that um, 
Skyler cheated on Walter with and Breaking Bad. So just <laughs> weird, weird thing there because, you know, it's cable TV and you just get roles. But uh, yeah. this, like our setup here is just so fucking weird. We, we go from the three little pigs two people get lost in the woods and an old lady invites them in and the old lady just fucking murderizes this, this, this dude in front of his, in front of his wife. Like she, like it's actually kind of a funny thing. And if I have it, I'll, I'll try to make a gif out of it and put it on the, uh, on the Twitter when this episode goes up, but she's like this dainty old lady and just like, like gleefully stabbing this dude in the chest while blood splatter is yeah. all over. It's really gruesome. And there's some, there's some like kind of gory stuff and like shocking stuff in this episode, but Everything that ties the episode together as a whole, I think, fails miserably. For yeah, excuse me. Like it's fails not an entire. It's not like an unwatchable episode. I wouldn't really even say it's a bad episode. But like I would overall, say it's, it's just <laughs> okay. Jeremy would say it's a bad episode, but it's just not one that's like. It's just there. It just is, you know. And this aired yeah. the day after Halloween, and I could totally see this being their Halloween episode. We're like, okay, let's you know punch up the gore a little bit let's do something that you know the the audience can tune in so if you've never watched supernatural before that you'll want to do this i don't know i'm making i'm talking on my ass right now jeremy but like you know i i can see its place and i can see why this this was thought of as an idea uh because on paper it's like okay so these fairy tales are you know manifesting in, in real life and and people are you know getting killed like that's a fun premise but they don't do a whole lot with it and in, again you know jared and jensen are able to carry the episode enough that it's not a chore to watch it, but it certainly wasn't that fun. I didn't even really take notes on it. Cause I was like, I just don't, I just don't care. I did. And I, and I don't know why, like I've got like a page and a quarter worth of notes on this thing. And I'm not like, there's some, there's some weird stuff that happens and there's some funny stuff that happens. Um, this, this weird uh, fairy tales come to life thing is something that's going to get real popular uh, with other TV shows. Like we're going to go mm-hmm. on to see the stuff from, you know, once upon a time or the one with the, the headless guy and like all of these things, like, this this is becomes a trend, right? I don't know yeah. the name of the show. You know the one I'm talking about, right? Yeah, my dad loves that show, but it's also escaping me right now. I, the Headless Guy show on CBS. Oh, sleepy, sleepy Hollow. Sleepy, sleepy Hollow. Hollow. There you go. Um, <laughs> and so I guess like one of the things to its favor is it it's before a lot of that stuff happened. Like yeah. it, it, it. I'm not saying it set the trend because I'm sure this came from somewhere else, but it definitely feels like this was before that. Uh, if they could have made this into like a, a movie that might have like served itself better, but this is just like a random episode of supernatural. Like it just doesn't fit. Like this is the most powerful random little ghost ever throughout the episode. There is many, many lingering shots on large frogs. Like just, yeah. just one. And at some point they finally acknowledge like, as they realize that it's, this is a fairy tale thing. Sam's like points out this frog and Dean's like, well, I'm not kissing no frog. And that's literally the last time we see anything about frogs. Like I think they yeah. run over one at some point that, and that's it. It's really weird. <laughs> it is really weird. It's like they had all these like cool ideas and they didn't know how to make them all fit together. Yeah. It's, it's not real great. Uh, we do get a classic introduction though. Uh, Sam and Dean introduce or Dean introduces the boys as uh, detective plant and um, detective page, which is good. Yep, quite good. Yep. We haven't had one dig, of those in a while. So that's dig good. That dig that. Um, I guess this is, this is really about it. Like there's a, there's a thing where like the old lady, I don't know. There's a red riding hood thing towards the end of this where a girl gets kidnapped by a, like a wolf guy who's not an actual wolf guy. It's just a dude that's pretending to be a wolf or something. And Dean goes to rescue him, rescue her and they fight and on a, they convince the little girl to move on and the dad sees her and she moves on. And then all of the stuff stops like the end. Yeah. I don't, there's not much to say about this stuff. Like I, th- I, get, I, think, I think they thought it was demons at first and you would 
I do like that they twist that up, like especially during this time period of the series where they they go into something thinking that they know what it is, and it's just a typical like haunting or a you know a spirit or a vengeful spirit yeah. or what have you. Okay, so I wrote down one single note for this entire thing. I'm just looking at now. <laughs> let's hear it. Let's hear your one when, single note. <laughs> when they're interviewing uh, one of the three little pigs. Uh, first of all, it's a great scene of Sam trying to like be the sketch artist, and he just draws like a stick figure. Oh um, yeah, that's pretty good. But he says uh, says something about his. his little pig he says something about how his brothers died um and he's like do you know how that would feel and sam says i couldn't imagine anything worse and that's like the one line that kind of leads us through to the end of this episode because other than that there's almost no character development and and really nothing yeah, this, this is else. a <laughs> this is a pretty typical monster of the week episode where uh at the very beginning of this episode we do have sam and dean arguing with sam yeah they're fighting in the in the sam, car right yeah. he, Sam Sam says we have a working cult now, so let's summon this crossroad demon, get her to break the deal, force her to break the deal, or we'll shoot her, and you know we'll deal with it whenever we deal with it, which is probably a bad plan. And Dean recognizes yeah. it as a bad plan and says like that's that's not a good plan. Like they yeah. they specifically told me that if something if I try to get out of this in some way, you're going to die. And there's there's a lot of good arguments right here about who should die first, basically, which is, you know, that classic Winchester argument. Mm-hmm. But that's like the first three minutes. And then there's all of this bullshit about fairy tales that I don't care about at all. And then like the last five minutes is after they've, you know, resolved the case with um, whatever Callie, then they Sam wakes up in the middle of the night, steals yeah. the cult, goes to the crossroad demons. Maybe uh, maybe this episode is a victim of having this extra scene because they usually need to like jam as much of the you know episode plot into the episode as they, as they possibly can into the forty five minutes or whatever they get. Uh, and if they're taking five of those minutes to go do something else, I don't know. But I I mean it's probably not an excuse enough to. I mean to they save did they did three little the pigs. nonsense they did, plot. They did uh you know Red Riding Hood and they did Hansel and Gretel. Like, do you think another fairy tale would have been? Like what else would they include? I just think make- they, maybe, maybe they could have handled it better and explained it better, or just put more thought into it. Regardless, that line where Sam saying, "I can't imagine anything worse than his brother dying," is—I don't know how true that is from Sam, but I do know that we are seeing shades of season one Sam, where at the very end, when they're going after uh, Yellow Eyes with John, and Sam goes into full-on obsession mode and we've seen it we saw that one time and we haven't seen it quite as bad since then where he was literally trying to run into a burning house to go in and and shoot yellow eyes because he when he gets obsessed with these quests of revenge or whatever it is whatever his quest is he's as obsessive as john whereas dean you know dean will will die for his brother any day of the week doesn't even have to think about it dean's not obsessive dean he can make some emotional choices like we saw you know at the end of last season bringing sam back to life he can make those de- desperation moves, but mm-hmm. he's he's a lot more pragmatic about it. He's you know he he went into that situation and was just like you know what like I I have to do this because I can't live without you know with the guilt of losing my brother like it's just it's too much for me. So I'm gonna make I know this is a bad idea and I'm just gonna do it anyway. And I'm gonna live with the the consequences of it. That's just whatever. Whereas Sam he gets that just like John that that rage that I I don't really care what the consequences of my actions are. Whereas Dean is, I'm ready to face the consequences. Sam doesn't think about the consequences. John didn't think about the consequences of, of leaving his children in you know, motels their entire childhood. He just, you know, he just went for it. You know, his quest of obsession kind of blinded him sometimes, even when he's trying to be a good dad. 
his quest blinded him. And I think Sam is the exact same way. He brings this idea up to Dean, and when Dean turns it down, Sam can't stop thinking about it. I you really know, he's like got it in that, his head uh, now. I like that distinction between the con- between Sam and John not caring about the consequences whatsoever, not thinking about them, mm-hmm. and Dean fully accepting them. And we saw that in the last episode where he starts asking the the demon Casey, if, you know, what's hell like? Like, what am I going to get myself into? Like, what what is this going to happen? And mm-hmm. Sam and John have never once ever thought about like what's after. They just want to get the shit done immediately as fast as they, they can. They want to do the things that you know. Even when Sam is like. Yeah, we go in and we save the people and we be the heroes, but he'll never think about necessarily the repercussions of that. He's just like, well, you know, this person is good, so we must save them. And they don't think about, you know, the the, the broader scheme of things, you know. He's just, we're going to use the demon because, you know, we need the info from her and not thinking about, you know, what dealing with a demon is going to do to you. Um, he just he just gets wrapped up in stuff like that. And that leads us to the final scene um, of this episode, which I actually do like a lot. But this is good. Uh, this this is the this is the this is a good part of the episode. Like everything else, I can pretty much leave on the table. I don't really care about. Uh, but this this end part is good. He goes to our established crossroads, which is just there. Yeah. <laughs> um, he he does the whole bury the driver's license, you know, summoning ritual. She shows up. Um, and a weird departure. She has crazy red eyes as a demon, which mm-hmm. uh, is something I think they're going to eventually retcon so that only yellow eyed demon is going to have weird eyes. Almost all of the demons that we're going to see in the series have just the straight black eyes that we've seen. So. I think it's supposed to be crossroad demons have red eyes. Okay. Okay. Well, I didn't. Yeah, that's cool. Okay. And then yellow eyes is just special for some reason. But the the red eyed red eyes are extremely cool. Like it's a really subtle effect that they do. I don't know if they did it CGI. It doesn't look like context. It looks like it's a after effect somehow. So it looks really really yeah. nice. Um, he immediately threatens her with the cult and, uh, she, she knows it and she's like, Oh, I know you got that from Ruby, huh? Like that traitor or something. So she mm-hmm. knowing, confirming Sam's suspicion and confirming our suspicion that she's not on the demon side. She's, she's not necessarily on the Winchester side, but definitely in between somewhere. So, yeah. And this is good. The, that, I think that puts her a little, little bit more in his camp. Sorry. Go ahead. No, no, it, it gives her, it gives Sam a, like, a little bit more confidence in Ruby, which is probably misguided, mm-hmm. but you know, it's, it works. It's confirmation bias. <laughs> exactly. exactly. It's literally the definition of confirmation bias. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I do want to call out this one quote uh, where, because as always, the crossword demons have a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. And at one point she calls, uh, She's she's talking to Sam and saying, like, wouldn't it be good if, if Dean died? You know, once that's done, it's done, it's finished. And she says uh, something about desperate, sloppy, needy Dean. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just a, a great, it's delivered great. It's a great line. I love it. It's fantastic. Yeah, I, I almost forgot about that, that they're kind of, uh, she's trying to almost turn Sam away from, from Dean. You know, Sam's always had that independent streak in him. And, you know, that's why he butts heads with, with Dean a little bit. That's why he butt heads with, with uh, John so much. And she's kind of trying to play off of that and say, you know, what, what do you even what do you even care? Like, deep down, you'll be glad when he's gone. You know, and I don't think that Sam would be glad when Dean's gone. I think he loves his brother. I don't think we can take that away from him. But she is pulling on something that I think is real in Sam. You know, Sam, in some ways, just wants it all to be over. You know, wants all, like, the the baggage to be over. Not that he wants Dean dead, but like if he didn't have to deal with this anymore, you know, I think Sam could still function. At least this version of Sam could still function. We'll see. We'll see him get more obsessed later on. I'm sure. It's interesting that we've over these two episodes, uh, both of the brothers individually have been confronted by these demons and gotten basically the same demon sales pitch of our side's not so bad. You should, you know, we're not that bad. 
you you shouldn't feel bad for wanting us or wanting to join us or anything like that. Like these these demons are an active recruitment road when it comes to the Winchesters, which is kind of fascinating because we don't really know why. We we know the Winchesters are special because the show is about them, but we don't really know why they're there's you know they've just so far lucked into not being killed by these demons. So the fact that now they're willing to have these conversations with them and tease them and torture them in this way instead of just outright kill them is kind of interesting and fascinating. Yeah. And so they're, they're yeah, having their little, little back and forth. She's sort of taunting him, but he's essentially trying to be like, here's the deal. I'm not going to kill you and you're going to give Dean his life back and you're going to let me keep my life. That's, that's the deal. Your life for our lives. Uh, and she's like, I can't, I can't do that. And he said, well, okay, well, who can? She's, she's like, my boss won't let me do that. Basically. Like I don't, I don't hold all the cards in this deck. Uh, and so he says, then who does like, who's your boss, whoever, you know, whatever he asks her and she just can't tell you. And it's like, almost like there's a rule. Your house is invited. Um, she like, like physically can't say who, who her boss is, like who's in charge here. Um, and I don't know when exactly it happens, but she's basically like, you know, she's still taunting him. Like you get anything out of me. Sorry, Bucko. Like you're screwed. You know, nice try. Um, killing me won't do anything. One of those whole moves. Like, yeah, go ahead, shoot me. What if I? What do I care? It won't get you any closer to saving your brother. Um, and she kind of leaves it at, at like a okay, yeah, nice try, Sam Winchester. Uh, better luck next time. And he kind of just glances down very briefly, like a uh, thinking, and then just raises the gun and just shoots her in the head. And it's like the most abrupt, like sudden sudden kill i mean he's pointing the gun at her the whole time but i never expected him to just do that it's Not such a sudden turn i mean we saw him kill a demon in the last episode but that's when it was threatening uh dean you know this is a risky move just shooting the the crossroad demon like this but that's what he told dean at the beginning of the episode that he would do if she couldn't help it he's like well fuck it i'll just kill her and he, she even says killing me won't break the deal because he also thinks that he also thinks oh if i just kill you the deal will, the deal will be gone he went into that with that with that misconception and even after she tells him no you can kill me and it's still not going to break the deal that's when he he does his little you know his little look down which i think is just an interesting move i don't know if that's jared padalecki um doing that or if that's you know sam winchester is you know written as you know sam glances down then raises the gun and shoots her i don't know how it goes down but I've always been a fan of this scene just because it's like, it's almost like that's the turn of the, that's the turn of the screw or whatever. That's the wrong, wrong phrase here. Well, it's, it's, um, it's Sam making the choice, right? Like this is Sam, Sam making the choice. It's, it's Sam. Um, the, this is the first time that he's cold blooded murdered somebody. Uh, when mm-hmm. he murdered the guy at the end of season two, it was, you know, they, they were trying to stop demons from escaping hell. Yeah. He it was a revenge. Last, it was overkill, but it was like the heat of the moment. And like this guy exactly. just stabbed you in the back and, um, with the with the seven deadly sins that we saw, like we, he didn't really murder any any people there, but he was defending against them. That, that was again, and you know that was a, that was a situation. That was a situation he had to defend himself, just like with the two demons mm-hmm. in Sin City. He they saw him. He saw them attacking Dean. He saw the the priest got strangling Dean. We didn't really talk about that, but that was the scene. Shot him yeah. in the back, and when the, the when Casey, the female demon, turned to him, shot her in the head without even thinking about it, which is cold-blooded but at least it was a situation where you could argue like okay they were threatening my brother this not only is it straight up cold-blooded and not only does he take that moment to think like am i this person am i going to do it but he talk about consequences 
she straight up straight up tells him like killing me won't do anything won't 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 break the deal but he doesn't know that it won't renege on the deal like part of it was if if dean tries to break this that sam will die so he's making this choice he's willing to risk his own life and his brother's life just to kill this chick to kill this demon in in an effort to get rid of it to get rid of this deal which is incredibly misguided like Mm -hmm. this is a terrible decision by, by sam and i think that it's it's important to note what you said you know it's him making the choice that that look down that glance down i think that this scene wouldn't work as well without that it is that half a second okay i'm doing this like it's not it's not that um just hair trigger moment like he he does take that half second to consider his action and follow through with it you know it would be different if you know she just like started walking towards him and he just shot her because you know she's threatening him you know there's no this is this is a murder i mean it's a demon but it's effectively sam winchester committing demon murder yeah you know, it's, it's cold-blooded like this is this is him making a choice a yeah to pull the trigger other than the fact that you know his best defense here is that it's a demon but like he's not threatened in any way nothing's going on like you said he takes he takes the, the time he makes the decision he pulls the trigger and it's just so deliberate that it like it really it just hits you and as it stands now, and I, I haven't watched ahead at all. Um, I mean, obviously I've watched this before, but I'm watching mm-hmm. along with the show and trying to keep pace with the podcast to keep it fresh. Um, at this point, I'm, I'm a little terrified of Sam. I'm, I'm worried of what he, this guy is capable of. If he's murdering this demon without knowing the consequences, what else is he willing to do to save his brother? We've already seen his dad sacrifice himself. We've already seen his brother sacrifice himself. Now it's Sam's turn. In Sam's eyes, I really believe that Sam thinks he's got to sacrifice himself. He has to do something to you know, save his brother or else he's not up to the same standards that John and Dean are. I think that's that's part of the... That, that, that shame is what's part of him making that choice of forcing him, not forcing him, but you know, making him think that he's not worthy of the Winchester name unless he does these things, which is again, a bad decision. <laughs> like Sam, just leave yeah. the situation alone. And, and again, listeners, I know it's a TV show. Like I know they have to have drama. I'm, I'm not a hundred percent immune to that, I'm just, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's interestingly written. I don't know if we're pulling out more than they're, they actually put into it, but it really, it really, <laughs> I mean, thinking, that this is a 45 minute episode and we spent more time talking about the last five minutes than we did the, the 40 that came before it. But yeah, so maybe we are, but reading in this too far, but it really feels like this is like a turning point for Sam and we're going to throughout season three, we're going to see him. Like, Sam is going to change. I don't think that's a spoiler. These characters are going to change over time and watching Sam's progression into what he is now, what he was in season one and season two. And then what we know that he's going to get to eventually is, is kind of fascinating to me. I keep using yeah. the word fascinating See, over, over this again, is it's, why, it's just well-written. <laughs> this is why Sam is my favorite character. And it's not because he's the most likable. Dean is far and away the most likable person in this show. And that never changes. He's like the reliable guy. He, you need Dean for Sam to even work as a character because Sam is so flawed. I mean, Dean's of course flawed too, but he's human flawed and he, he, you want to root for him. You want him to get better or Sam, uh, Sam is flawed to the point where, like you said, he, it starts to scare you. You don't know what he's going to do. You know, he's, his behavior has just changed and he starts going down this path that, you know, we don't really know where it's going to lead. It's just, it's just everything seems to be unfolding so quickly. And I've watched this show, you know, with, with friends and family in the past and I've watched it with people who have just, outright hated sam winchester like how could he be doing these things he makes these decisions and i know like you know we've been talking about on the show you know, angsty sam all these different things um but personally i guess i just you know my twitter bio mentions hamlet because i i, I like that tragic hero kind of story who does the 
the tragic hero does something evil in, in the name of something good. Uh, as far as fiction goes, I, I really enjoy that kind of thing. Uh, and we just start to see Sam fall down in that, that path. And, and that type of trope is just interesting to me. Uh, and that's what made him my favorite character. Not because I liked him the most, but because he was the most interesting to me. I can see that. I mean, that's it, ostensibly as much as the show. Is also the hair. Also the hair. <laughs> you really saw something of yourself in, in Sam Winchester, didn't you? Didn't you Chris? Yeah. I almost called you yeah. Dean there for some reason. Jesus Christ. I almost called you Dean earlier. Too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, I, I think that's, I think that's good. I think I've said everything I want to say about the episode. Like, it's, yeah, I can't, I can't believe I talked that much about this fucking episode. I can't either. I can't. Cause when we started it, I really thought that we were going to be like, okay, this is bedtime story. Uh, Sam shoots a crossroad demon roll credits. That, that, that's pretty much it. But, uh, th- that's a, that's a big moment for, for Sam. And I'm, dig it man I, I dig that part i don't dig any of the the 35 to 40 minutes that came before it like that that stuff is all boring and shit to yeah me, so you can just um, skip the episode watch the beginning scene and watch the end scene or i mean I, i'm just guessing but the next episode will probably include those two scenes and the previously on so just skip the episode entirely oh, true. Oh, true i think this is the second episode in our completely skippable uh except for this last scene like this in the racist yeah. truck i think you could completely skip and just be perfectly fine yeah. I'm sure there's some people who like this episode if you're into, you know, fairy tales, if you just like the the, the theme of it. Cuz like like I said, watching it it wasn't entirely like god awful. I just I just don't think it's that good. Yeah, it's not it's not it's not badly done. Like everything that they do with the fairy tale stuff, like it's well rendered. That's you know, it's it's well realized. The the acting is okay. I don't the it's just a stretch of the imagination for these three construction yeah. guys to just, have like three little pink allegories. Yeah, and like the little girl <laughs> with the with it, with the exact red hoodie. Like it's just so fucking ridiculous and out. Like yeah. it's it's unbelievable to the point where I can't even I, I can't even describe it. And that's including a lot of the like just dumbass shit that we're going to get into later at this show. So, uh, do you have any thoughts about these three episodes as a whole before we wrap it up? Uh, no, I mean I like the um. I like that we're starting to see some sort of an arc for Sam, you know, mm-hmm. as I've expressed. I think it's important that, that we're on Team Dean and Team Sam, respectively. I mean, I just, I can't really say I'm on Team Sam. I just like Sam a lot, but, because I love Dean, too. Um, but I, I like that that arc is starting to form. Uh, I like that he's changing. I think it's re- it was really necessary for the show. Otherwise, it would just be the constant overwrought back and forth for, you know, five years. And that would just be too much. Uh, and we're still getting some of that. But I'm, I'm glad that something's starting to change. And I like that we got to see a little bit of vulnerability from Dean, finally. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, you had to know it was coming at some point. Um, and, well, of course, we've seen vulnerability when, when it comes to his family, but about himself. He's vulnerable about his own fate. And I think that that is important to, to fleshing out his current situation, especially where the season is short. It takes a lot of uh, deviations into fun little episodes. Um, so it's you got to have those little moments of, him sitting in the basement kind of breakfast style um, or breakfast club style, you know, confession. We're trapped in this room together. Let's do our bottle episode uh, and let's confess something. Let's just get, you know, chummy with each other. Uh, I think that's really important for Dean uh, for this season. And uh, yeah. Okay. That's it. I'll stop talking. <laughs> I like, I like two things from this, this group of episodes. Number one, we, we've seen the comedy episodes before. I don't think we've seen them anywhere near to the degree that uh bad day at black rock, like the, yeah. the physical comedy, the, the kind of weird situations and then everything that happens in those episodes They're not only are they like funny, which is really hard to do, but they're, they're funny and they're 
like again just go i keep saying physical comedy because that stuff is hard to pull off like that's really hard to make work and they do it so so well like it it's ridiculous but it actually works and it it works throughout the episode like it it, it adheres to its own fiction if that makes sense yeah, um, it's fantastic and then secondly the again whenever they blow up the mythology of the show whenever they they increase that like the scope of the mythology, finding out that demons have a God, that his name is Lucifer from the Bible, that they believe in him, that they have faith in him, setting up this archetype for these demons that, that you know, they, they are, you know, demons are corrupted humans. Like that's what de- the classical definition of demon is basically. Mm-hmm. So setting all of this stuff up and for Dean to actually ask the word, say the words like, you know, there's actually a hell and you're from there. What is it like? Like, because Dean is going to go there. Dean is going to go to hell at the, at the end of this year that he has to live. And that's a yeah. scary time. That's a scary idea. So setting all of that stuff up, blowing that up and, and making it bigger and bigger and bigger is something I'm just, even at the time I first watched the show, I loved it. I thought it was great. So all of that stuff really works for me. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it does. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess that'll do us for today. Huh? We're good. Yeah, I can't believe we went for this long on these episodes. I, yeah. I can't either. I, I did not expect it. Uh, we'll be back next week with another three episodes. I should very quickly look at the titles of those. Um, in the meantime, you can go to monsteroftheweek.cool slash schedule and see exactly when when and what episodes are coming out. Uh, we'll be covering Red Sky at Morning, Fresh Blood, and A Very Supernatural Christmas. I, uh, I'm excited. <laughs> Red Sky at Morning, I've, I've mentioned it several times. That's the one I keep talking about that was not the racist truck. This is the ghost ship episode. I'm very mm-hmm. excited about that one. Um, and then there's, you know, the other ones are probably going to be could. I don't know. I no oh, idea. yeah. There's some, uh, there's some more of this, uh, this Sam shit going on. And there's a, well, there's a Christmas episode. <laughs> there's a Christmas episode and a return of our favorite Lurkin' Gordon. <laughs> Oh yeah. Spoilers. Spoilers. Thank you everybody for listening. We, we beg you every episode and we, we really mean it. Please go leave us an iTunes review so we can get busted up in those charts and we can make this podcast as big and as famous as it deserves to be. Chris, <laughs> where can people find you on Twitter or elsewhere? You can find me on Twitter at local bones. You can also check out podcast chomp on Twitter for Chris's gaming podcast, which is very, very good. New episodes oh, yeah. just about every week nowadays. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, we try. You guys have been on your grind lately. Right, yeah. We're, we're like 70-something episodes in. Give us a break. I, we, the numbering is so confusing now. I don't know what I don't know what like timeline that we're in with these numbers. Cause That's because we, we released episode 66, and then we forgot, and we accidentally went to 68, and then we did 69, and it was on Steve's birthday. It was this whole thing. So then yeah. we were like, oh, shit, well, we got to go back and do... 67. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> so we just did it. We just fucking named it that. We didn't care. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at JG Greer. I do a lot of podcasts that you can find there. They're about Dark Souls and X-Men and video games in general. It's a good time. You can find the podcast on Twitter at MOTWCast. MonsterTheWeek.cool is the website that has links to all of our social media sites. And thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. hear me chris hello hey okay there i am what's happening buddy not much sorry for the delay you're you're finishing something up you had some important business to take care of when you got home no i was just i was eating because i felt like poo poo so i thought i'll eat some food and then i won't feel like poo poo anymore but you know what (laughs) it didn't really change much (laughs) 
are you Democratic House Majority Leader Nancy Pelosi? <laughs> what do you mean you, you felt like doo-doo? <laughs> I, I, poo-poo is different poo-poo. than doo-doo, okay? Uh, like, well, poo-poo. first off, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't fucking get it twisted. I might be sick, but I'm not putting up with this shit. Chris, how are you today? Are you I'm, good? I mean, you know, other than that whole thing, I'm pretty good. <laughs> it's good to know. It's good. How are you, <sighs> sir? I'm okay. I had a like just a, I mean, like a fucking truckload of sushi before I came and did this. That's so. fucking sick. <laughs> it's it's two for one nigiri at the local spot. So yeah, you're after just, the nigiri again, eh? Oh, dude, I can't stop. It's so good. You just dip it into some soy sauce, and it's delicious. I didn't know I liked sushi until like a couple years ago. So when I when it finally like hit me, it, oh boy, it was a whirlwind of of money spent. Oh man, like and because sushi's not cheap. Like no, for something not. that's not cooked, it's pretty fucking expensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not paying a gas bill, sushi place. What are you doing? Right, you barely did anything with this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I could do the same thing at home with my butter knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take that, Japan. <laughs> <laughs> with your whole fucking culture of delicious food. Yeah, oh boy. Oh man. Have you seen that show uh um I think it's Hero Dreams of Sushi? No, I know what you're talking about though. Yeah, that that's I I don't know if you've ever worked for your dad. I I work for my dad right now, but um the whole thing is about this like old dude and you know, he's the perfect sushi guy or whatever. And, um, his son is like 45 years old and he's like, maybe one day dad will let me make an appetizer. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. You know? Like, dude, your dad is a jerk. Go form your own restaurant. Like you, you know, a lot. I, um, I mean, I worked for my dad very briefly, but it was just like, Hey, go clean that shit over there. I'm like, okay, dad. <laughs> that's not, that's not working for your dad. That's just like, that's just that's true. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I drunk texted, uh, the chomp chain podcast. <laughs> no, it was great. It made me laugh. Everybody hearing that, laughed. uh, hearing that repeated back to me from in the form of a podcast made me very embarrassed. So sorry. Well, I, I think I, I pressed it by saying, that you that were I, yeah, that I was, yeah. or whatever. Which didn't make it sound any better. Like, I think that made me come off pretty... I mean, it made the, the text sound okay, because I can apparently yeah. write okay when I'm, you know, a little tipsy. But what was I doing drinking in the middle of the day? Well, that wasn't good. I mean, I was exaggerating it. Plus, as, as you know, the British would say, it's just bants. <laughs> it's just what? Bants. Like bants? Bant? Yeah. Banter? You will, I think people use it ironically now. Like okay. when oh you're just joking around with your boys it's just you know it's just banter it's just bants when but it's usually them saying that when they've just said something like really terrible. <laughs> I've never heard the like, phrase bants just, before. Just being like really offensive and just be like oh no it's just bants mate. <laughs> just a bants mate. I don't mate. know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, there's several things happening with the uh, definition of bant on Urban Dictionary. Uh, oh, okay. for, first off, it was created by Jimmy Riddle, which <clears throat> on November twelfth, two thousand three. Which Jimmy, if you're still out there, <laughs> thank you, for James Riddle, James James T Riddle. <laughs> <laughs> and then the the example is um, Lowbrow or Lowborough Uni is famous for its bant and its winning ways. Chin up, Warwick. 
<laughs> like what? What does any of that mean? Do you do that thing where you um like you watch a British show and then all of a sudden you kind of ha- start having a British accent or something? No, absolutely, absolutely. I listened to this podcast. I've listened to them for years. This is where I got the term bands. It's called Regular Features, and it's just four really, really funny British guys. And um, yeah, it just I would like think in their voices sometimes because mm-hmm. I would listen to them so much. So I would always end up binging it. I'd watch, listen to like ten episodes in a day. And suddenly I'm just like, I'm British now, right? Of course. That's the way that works. <laughs> I listen to one to one thing. I'm going to have to cut all this out, too, because I think, I think my stepmom listens to the show now. So that was a bad plan. She was like, what's a podcast? And I was like, well, let me put this on your phone. <laughs> I, put all I never, of my I never tell there. people how to find it. I never, <laughs> ever tell people. Especially when we were starting Chomp Chain and like when we first started posting about it on Facebook, it's like, you know, I'll four of us know all of the same people so everybody has like some sort of interest in it and like everybody from our high school suddenly on facebook being like hey guys what's this and then like people's moms being like i want to check out your show i'm like oh fuck don't 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 do that do you uh like i always get weirded out when comics talk about their um like their parents being at shows and stuff and they're being like ludicrously graphic and like yeah extremely sexual and i'm like how do you do this in front of your mom and like my mom is dead and i can't like speak a weird thing in front of her grave (laughs) like it's just weird i uh i've I've never been like my family they've never like gotten mad at me if i like say fuck or whatever but it's just still like i just don't talk like that around my family it's just not unless i'm like purposely like saying something i think is funny or saying something in a funny way but like the way that we talk especially in the chomp chain and the things that we talk about i'm like this nobody should ever hear like the dragon dildos bit like that was (laughs) way too real If you guys, if you guys don't do the uh, Outlast, is it Outlast or yeah. out whatever that game is, like th- with the Dear Doctor, Dear Doctor. <laughs> For some reason, it sounds like uh, Doctor Misses the Girlfriend when you do it too, which I'm really yeah, appreciative yeah, of. We're gonna have that cross. De- Dear Doctor, I Dear smoked some doctor. cigarettes today. It's with <laughs> a heavy heart that I write to you. The monarch <laughs> is dead. <laughs> the monarch is dead. <laughs> Regretfully yours. Doctor girlfriend, doctor that doctor misses the girlfriend. <laughs> That's good. That really hurts my throat when I do that. It's not easy. I've been really behind on podcasts because I, uh, my boss came back from his vacation, and it was just we had more issues than we've ever had, like since I've worked at the company. But it was all just after the boss went on vacation. It had nothing to do with him leaving, but it's just really bad timing. So he came back and was like, "What?" the fuck <laughs> like people had like obviously told him while he was gone that he was coming back to a shit show like the system that we used to basically do everything was just down for a week straight so they're basically everybody just like sitting on their hands um waiting around um but now it's all back up and he's back and he's just like riding us super hard to get everything done and i'm like guy i'm only one man you can only do so much i can only do so much what do you want me to do sammy what am I supposed to go dark side or something? <laughs> like, what's that, Chris? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> nothing. No, what? <laughs> oh man! Just, that's my. I'm just always muttering supernatural quotes under my breath. <laughs> Did you just call me Bobby? No, why? No. Just please, just good little soldier. Fall down the What? Who's <laughs> your dad? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Did you just say Wendigo? What the <laughs> fuck is this? I didn't say anything. <laughs> just lay off me, God. 
I love 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 Bad Day at Black Rock. It's a it's a stupendous episode. Sin City is is a is a very weird episode. I like how the demons yeah, the demons master plan is actually literally to be like, hey, did you uh did you know that you can make money with sex and drugs and alcohol? And the guys are like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> This is episode this, or that episode where is it the same one where where Sam shoots the crossroad demon? Or is that the one after it? Uh, that's the one after it. Bedtime stories is the one he shoots the crossroad demon. You may not remember that because you might have fell asleep during bedtime stories. No, it's just that was too fucking rock hard when he shot the. <laughs> I was really disappointed because that's my favorite crossroad demon so far. Like yeah, she's, she's the coolest really cool. one. I uh, I should be saving this for the podcast. So just put it in the fucking outtakes. Uh. I always really like Sam's turn there, and I know that that's, you know, Sam's our, our, our whiny guy, but mm-hmm. I always like characters that do that. I was really excited for Anakin's story until that turned out to suck. Um, I really like Big Look, Boss and Metal Gear. You start Look, off with a good guy, and they become a bad guy. I think that episode three is not as bad as people say that it is. Like, the, I don't, end, the end of episode three, when Anakin and uh, What's-His-Face um, are, yeah. are having that conversation, and Anakin is like, about to fall into the lava or whatever. Like that shit is the most legit, like emotional shit that star Wars has done. Oh yeah. It's great. Oh yeah. See, I, I really benefited with those movies and I can't really enjoy them the same way now, but not to make you feel old, but I was eight years old when Phantom here, here we go. came out. Yeah. I was eight when that game movie came out. So I was like, this is fine. Like, look at how cool their lightsabers are now. Like, this is great. And then clone wars. I think I thought that that sucked even then. Which I must have been like twelve ish when that came out. I didn't. I never liked Clone Wars or Attack of the Clones or what the fuck that movie's called. Um, and I did like uh, Revenge of the Sith back when it came out. Like I like was just full on. Like I enjoyed this. Well, movie. Hold on, which one? There was. I guess I'm getting confused. It was Phantom Menace, and then it was Attack of the Clones, and then mm-hmm. uh, Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, Phantom Menace, like, uh, I worked at the mall, so, like, all of the mall employees bought tickets to the, the opening night <laughs> or whatever, uh, like, midnight, and yeah. uh, it was it was super cool until the movie just totally fucking blew. Like, we all walked out of there like, what the fuck was that? Mm-hmm. Like, why did we even bother staying up to midnight or to, like, two in the morning to do that shit? My experience was so much different because I got I just left school early and my dad picked <laughs> me up and I went and saw fucking Star Wars. <laughs> see, that sounds like what happened to me when my dad picked me up and we went to see Stargate in the movie theater. <laughs> there's a Stargate movie? What do you mean there's a Star... Are you seriously asking me if there's a Stargate movie? I thought it was a right series. It is- I don't know anything about Stargate, so... Is the series based on the yeah. movie? Breathe in. Gotta breathe in. Don't breathe Jeremy, out carefully. Jeremy, I don't watch the sci-fi channel. You should, it's not... It's not. It was an actual <laughs> movie. Like, people are in that. Uh, like, what's his name is in it? The guy. The guy? Yeah, the guy. Like, people are in that movie. I just went to Stargate.com instead of IMDb.com. That's what I was thinking in my head. No, I actually, yeah, no, I never really knew much about um, Stargate, other than that my uncle, who liked Star Wars a lot, really liked Stargate. Stargate is a legit great sci-fi movie. I'm just just going to say, James Spader is in that? Kurt fucking Russell is in that? Come on. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at this now. Yeah, I know. Okay, all right. All right, I'm caught. You know, you know what this is. I, I don't know remember who the is. bad guy is. The the bad guy is somebody weird, or no, maybe not. I don't remember. But it's a really good movie. I would I would put it up there with like probably the better than Phantom Menace. 
is easily better than the Phantom Menace. Yes. When you're eight, it's really just easy to be distracted by a double-sided lightsaber and just to be able to see nothing beyond that. How fucking awesome was the pod racing scene, though? That's That was the shit. The 45-minute pod racing scene? Yeah. <laughs> took up try a majority wa- try of the watching that now. <laughs> it's really long. <laughs> you're like, wow, is this still? This is okay. We actually did, because uh, I've... Autumn had never seen the Star Wars movie, so I started from um, episode one with the intention of carrying her through in chronological order, and uh, mm-hmm. we finished episode... Oh, no, no. We started... What was this? Oh, yeah. We started with the original movies, and then we got to... Um, some of the extra features have, like, Jabba fucking walking around, all CGI Jabba, like, walking yeah. around and shit, and it was horrible, and she's like, I don't want to watch these anymore. <laughs> but we did get through uh, the pod the pod racing sequence, and it was not great. Me and Jess did that, something similar to that a few months before force awakens came out. Cause she had never seen their, those movies. And, um, she was a lot more enthusiastic to just watch them. She was like, yeah, I don't care if these movies are bad. I'm just, I'm down. It was surprising. Yeah. I mean, they're fun movies. Like even if they're, even if you don't like, like the dumb stuff around it, like the midichlorian mm-hmm. bullshit, like it's still fun. Like it still has, yeah. you know, you can still have a good time with them. So it has a duel of fates. That's like the illest theme song ever. <laughs> all i remember from getting my first cable internet connection is hyvin napster and like just looking yeah. at the song and just mean nothing nothing but techno remixes of that shit i mean that was all it was like that and you know not a virus.exe britney spears bootlegs and oh my god oh man I was I was pretty big on Napster despite being again eight years old, but I was just like, this is this is the I can just have all this for free. Yeah, this, <laughs> this is, and this they is just totally let you do free. it. <laughs> I, I told you, you about my so. uh, my career selling Dreamcast games, right? <laughs> yeah. All I did was download fucking music videos from like Final Fantasy and uh, different anime that people had made. It just I would have been a way better person if I never did any of that. Uh, I don't know if this is anime, but I had to get a Kiss Asian account the other day. Do you know what that is? I uh, I knew Ki- I know Kiss Anime was an a- anime website, but I thought it was Kiss Asian. Am I? Maybe it is. They know they have to change that all the time because it's um, yeah illegal as shit. It's illegal. <laughs> yeah, I got up. I got all up in that um, Shin Godzilla movie, and then mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. discovered that the same people did the Attack on Titans movie, and then uh, I was. DMing with CJ because he's all into that shit and he was like, I've got, first off, go get a subscription to this and then here's a list of movies and here's a list of shows I want you to watch and I want you to report back to me later. I was like, okay, yes sir. Right away, sir. <laughs> I still haven't had a chance to watch Godzilla versus Mecha Godzilla, which is my next one. Then. Yeah, I, I haven't seen any of those. I just know that Shin Godzilla was the dude from Evangelion, that anime. Yep. So I was, I'm a big fan of his work. Um, Despite how anime it is, it is very anime. <laughs> you can tell a mental breakdown while making it. You can uh, you can tell because I can't pronounce the title correctly. That's how you know it's yeah. real anime. It's a tough one. It is. I did, I had never actually heard it said out loud until just now. So oh, glad that we got this conversation. Some people say uh, like Evangelion, Evangelion? Or, or like that. Yeah, I I've always just said Neon Genesis Evangelion. <laughs> Evangelion. I mean, oh wait, they say they say Evangelion in the show, so just kidding. Oh, that is right. Okay. Well, that's that's real easy then. Mostly, did they just say Ava? So if anybody asks you, but you go, oh yeah, Ava. 
Ava. Ava. Yeah, I know that. Because then you're cool and you're like, yeah, that's sorry. That's just what I call it. Yeah. Thank you for teaching me the cool anime words. <laughs> so I can identify as a cool anime person. Did you uh did you see the tweet that Michael Prince sent to us today about Dean's email address? Yeah. But A C D C Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> that Twitter is constantly blowing up. <laughs> People love talking to about supernatural, man. It's great. I'll like because uh, I'll look at my phone, I'll see I have like three notifications. I'm like, oh what is it? I log in and I'm like I don't see anything. So I'm like, well, all right, immediately just go to Monster of the Week. Yep, that's it. I literally have three notifications right now. <laughs> as I'm checking it right now. Dude, seriously, don't go look for that um that uh like fanfic thing that Audrey linked us. I was yeah, like, I it don't... can't be that bad. Like it I mean, it's just fanfic, right? Like what are they gonna be talking about? Fucking Yeah. <laughs> I didn't I didn't expect full photoshopped Wang <laughs> on like wow. pictures of young Dean Winchester. And like I, I don't like I don't know Dean Winchester's history, but he definitely looks younger in the picture that I saw than he did in the show ever. So <laughs> I'm kind of worried that I may have committed a cardinal sin by seeing this picture. That's pretty fantastic. Are yeah. you caught up on uh, Attack on Titan? No, I've watched. I've only watched the first season, and then yeah. of course the first movie. Which, dude, you should watch the first movie. It's dope. Yeah, it? I gotta check that out. It's like. I barely paid attention to the subtitles. I'm going to be honest. Like, I don't like, I don't, I don't think you really need to know what people are saying no, during that, just, but yeah, probably it, screaming. Yeah. And there's like that one chick that eats a potato a lot. Like she eats like so mm-hmm. many potatoes during the thing, but uh, otherwise like just the special effects and the, the set pieces and everything are so incredibly dope. And like when they're not, they're so silly that it's great. So that's good. Yeah. There's a, uh, episode two of season two has a great scene with her and it's so fucking creepy. I was really not expecting that whatsoever from this show because the show, I feel like season one is good, but it's like, it has its problems here and there. And I didn't have huge expectations going into season two, but it's been really, really good so far. I'm interested in watching it, but I don't like we watched it. We watched like 20 episodes in a row and then had to wait for the last few of the oh, yeah. first season. So we decided like, fuck that. We're just waiting for their model to be available. There's it's only 12 like this season. So. The first anime, I think, I think we watched Fooly Cooly together oh, way, way back funny. when. Yeah. I think that's the first anime that we actually watched together. I would recommend checking out if you're ever like in the mood for something like that. The series called Monster. Mm-hmm. Now I've never seen the anime. I've only uh, read the manga because I can't fucking find the anime anywhere. Uh, it's just, you can't, you cannot buy that anime anywhere. It's not streaming anywhere. So if you can just download it somewhere, um, it used to be on Netflix, but it's about a, I think I, I described it on some podcast at some point. It's, it starts off as a doctor basically risks his career to save this young boy, um, who had like a head injury and he succeeds in saving the boy. But then that boy grows up to end up being like a serial killer. Um, which is like, that's just the, the, pitch like the blanket the yeah, elevator pitch for that elevator pitch, yeah. for that show but it's just like it's won awards in like every fucking category it, it's not like anime it's like literature but it just happened to be in anime form it's it's so good <laughs> it's not like anime it's literature yeah. <laughs> yeah. well you gotta be careful with anime I need to bust out my PS2. I have a I have a modded PS2 with the hard drive still in it. I wonder oh. if that shit still works because it just had a bunch of fucking games installed on the hard drive that I downloaded. That's illegally. Awesome. It was great. Yeah, I uh, I love my PS2. I just played Onimusha over the weekend. 
Yeah, yeah. I, saw that on, I saw that on Twitter. I've never played it, no, but I saw you t- tweeting out pictures and stuff. Yeah, I liked the game like a lot when I when I first got it, but being a little kid, I had a hard time playing. Not a little kid. I was like 11 or 12. And it's just, you know, it's basically Samurai um, Resident Evil. Mm-hmm. So I went back into it this weekend thinking, oh, well, I'm not going to have a very good time with this. It's probably aged really poorly, but for whatever reason, I got so into it and I just beat the whole game this weekend. It was great. Nice. Yeah. And then I went bargain hunting and found a ton of random old PS2 games for like pretty cheap. That's why I was messaging you about that random FromSoft game. Oh yeah, yeah, that, that looks interesting. You should. Uh, but that one, you... that one's like three hundred bucks. So. Are you serious? Yeah, it's like super rare. And I did get uh, that game, Eternal Ring. Is that from FromSoft? Oh, I don't know. I'm gonna look it up right now. I remember like th- I mean, the game was like four dollars. So, so even if it's like a random not. Eternal Ring. Let's see Wikipedia. How about that? Eternal Ring sounds like a FromSoft game. Like before they got famous, they wanted didn't they want to name yeah, uh, Dark Souls like Dark Ring from or Software. Yeah. yeah. So this is this terrible. is from Software. It's a uh, player controls Kane Morgan, a young magician who's set to investigate the Island of No Return. The legendary. It's like a first person RPG where you walk around and, and look at shit. I mean, I might not even in, like play the game, but it's just something I, I picked up to kind of like mess around with and i'm always really curious about game design for games and this is a weird like very particular thing but games that i used to see all the time when i was younger i'd go to the store and basically having no money as a child of course you know ps2 era was like around my age like 10 to like 16 for me roughly Mm -hmm. um so you know, I didn't really have a lot of money back then, so I'd get like the big. I want my new Final Fantasy or whatever because I know I like that thing. But I'd see all the other games and I always wonder, like, what's that game about? What is it like? And I would just <laughs> constantly think about that shit because I always wanted to get new games. Mm-hmm. So now that I like can, I'm just picking up these random games just to just to go through and like see what they're like. Hey, can it? Did you ever? You, you, you're, you're super young, but did, you you rented games at like Blockbuster and video game stores, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Uh, I, I mentioned somebody. I don't remember. I don't remember who it was. It was Autumn and somebody else that we were hanging out with. And uh, I mentioned that you could back in the day you could rent video game consoles. Oh yeah. And like, but you had to put down like a three hundred dollar like deposit or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I. That's how I got my family got our, our PS One. My sisters played video games more than I did because, I, like mm-hmm. I said, I was a little kid. So we they had an NES and uh, Genesis, and then. N64 came out, all my friends had one, so I kept wanting to get it really bad, because I'd go to my friend's house and play it, and my dad would rent an N64 for, like, the weekend from the Blockbuster on his, like, mail route or something. He would bring it, he did it, like, three different times over the course of, like, a summer, and uh, he'd have to put $100 down, and then you'd get the $100, it was a $5 rental, but you had to put $100 down, and then you'd get 95 back when you brought it back. <laughs> um, <laughs> whatever weird system. And then for like a whole month straight, he kept saying he would do it and they didn't have it more because somebody didn't, didn't bring it back. And he, uh, so he was like, okay, well, we'll go out and we'll get you, we'll kids the, the Nintendo 64. And my, my older sister was like, no, I want a PlayStation one, like or just a PlayStation. I want a PlayStation. We went to one store. They didn't have the 64, but they had the PlayStation. So that's what we went with. I could have been a Nintendo kid, but I ended been up Nintendo uh, kid, being a but... fucking weird anime boy playing final fantasy. <laughs> It's Jake, cool. I love how excited Jake gets about fucking everything. Everything, yeah. I need to listen to his Bloodborne stuff. I haven't listened to it yet. He writes songs that you wouldn't believe. They just they come out of his goddamn ass. I don't know how he does it so often, dude. Like it just he just like he. I mean, the thing is, he doesn't really play video games that much. No. 
<laughs> he like has like he has dark. He got Dark Souls. He got Bloodborne, and then he got uh, uh, Near. And that's like those are like the only games he's played since I've known Jake. Yeah. I so in two years, he's played three games. Because it was Dark Souls, Bloodborne, and then Near, and then I think there's something in between that too. But Overwatch, I think he plays a little bit now. I don't think that he plays Overwatch. I think he just like reads the comics. I know. He, like, <laughs> I think he yeah. just. I think he just like is exposed to the greater fiction of Overwatch. Oh, Metal Gear. He liked. He likes Phantom Pain a lot. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I guess that's true. I actually really I like him. the uh, the Salt Report podcast. Like that. That. That's yeah. Actually, that's yeah, pretty. That's it's, it's kind of a joke.